Hey everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode, 335 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is here in the mystical, magical, your name here, Memorial Studio of the Airwaves with me? Uh, blower of whistleblowers, Chris Antista. And live in full motion audio, Matthew Allen. And special guest. It's Leif, Apple Use My Name, Johnson. Where? <laughs> an Apple yes. Arcade? An Apple yes. Arcade? I used to have a column called Apple Arcade that I ran on Macworld and stuff. It was kind of interesting because the reason I chose that, no one else was using it. And voila, it shows up a year later. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking my fist. The, the listeners can't see it, but I am. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting show this week. We've got we've got a bunch of new releases to talk about. I think this, we're we're firmly in the part of the year where everything starts coming in a torrent, and it's only going to get busier. But it, it's scary. I'm trying to play Monster <laughs> Hunter, uh, Iceborne, Gears Five, and Link's Awakening all simultaneously while planning to leave the country, and it. <laughs> This isn't fair. It's a mind fuck. It's a, yeah, jumping back and forth around among some of these games, you're just like, how, you got to get yourself in the mood for some of these, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's like impossible right now. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like Whiplash going from Link's Awakening to Surge Two to right. Yeah. How am I expected to get in the mood for my Colonel Sanders hentai game <laughs> and then jump over to Gears of War Five or Gears Five? This is horseshit. I hear the chicken has tentacles in this one. There is a mega leg joke in there somewhere. Patton Oswalt mega leg. But... Mm, uh, so famous bulls. Famous bulls ruined everything. Uh-huh. But this, this week, we're going to go with a topic for our top five, which traditionally begins the show, that you suggested to me a while ago, Matt. Yes. And I spent a bunch of time researching it, and then after weeks and weeks just said... You know what? Fuck it. Let's just do things that we remember. So <laughs> this it was inspired by telling lies. It was mm-hmm. inspired yes. by, by telling lies. Based on the popular YouTube videos from India about the baby telling lies. <laughs> right. right. Uh, yes. No, I, I think Looking it was it was telling lies and was it um was it Erica? What was the name of the one that came out on Her PS- Story? Well no, Her or, Story or, was, was Sam Barlow's first game oh, before yes. telling lies, but that there was one on PS4 recently that kind of uh they just released it. At, during Gamescom, and it was it ah, it had been announced before. Anyway, full full motion video, yes. uh, video games, and, and kind of they're having this resurgence, and and it did kind of get us thinking about wow, FMV games are really good now. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was not always the case. No, it was not. <laughs> I was surprised when I started researching this that there is still FMV games being made all the time, and some of them are quite good. So rather than try to familiarize myself with this very large field, I said. What about if we just focus on ones from the 90s, the golden yeah. age of FMV? <laughs> That's what, like the, the success of Telltale Games should have told us, like, maybe we needed to take another look at FMV games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially what they were with yeah. yes. in-game graphics. And I don't know, were you on that laser time we did? Uh, that was It was the weirdest laser time episode topic we've ever done. It was about Cybermania 93. Cybermania was a video game award show hosted by I know you you can guess this Leslie Nielsen and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh right, yes. Okay, and and like clearly Nintendo said no, but Sega and mostly PC games said yes. So it's like you're watching. Imagine watching like the Game Awards, whatever the fuck Jeff Keighley does, and it was only FMB games for two hours with bad sketches from Leslie Nielsen (laughs) and JPT. It was crazy because like that was the. That's the future of video games that sort of petered out. That the yes. fucking the Hulk just flicked that stone away, and we never saw that timeline. But it, mm. it's, I remember when that was happening. I was like, I don't think I like games anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, these these were the days of 
everyone, if computers were starting to be more and more common. This was the days of Encarta, mm-hmm. right? Where every, I, I remember everything on my PC at home was like, had this little full motion video and even missed yes. the biggest game yeah. of that time had these mini FMV segments that you, you had to uncover well, eventually. I, I will never forget. And I know, I know I've told this story several times, so I apologize to longtime listeners who are like, oh God, this senile old man is going off on his tangents again. But I went to an Art Institute of Seattle, like, summer course when I was, like, 16. And we had this guy come in and give a presentation at one point. And he said that, like, yeah, right now, you know, video games, you're seeing a lot of video games with, like, 3D rendering and stuff like that. I'm here to tell you, that's just a fad. Like, over the next few years, we're going to see video games start to go away, and they're going to be replaced by interactive movies. And he, like, was there with, like, clips of the Johnny Mnemonic game. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> For anyone who remembers oh, that yeah. game or that movie. The fucking dolphin can talk. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and like, I, I've always just seen that as, like, a supreme irony. But, uh, like, going back and, and revisiting some of these games, like, actually, they're not half bad. We sort of remember, like, FMV games as, like, no, this is synonymous with terrible, misguided thing that should never have happened. But, like, no, there's a, a lot of surprising quality out there. Yeah, Michael, you and I, we kind of had trouble figuring out where to draw the line of what constituted an FMV game mm-hmm. versus just yeah, a game that might have FMV cutscenes. Yeah, ultimately, we just decided, does this game have a lot of FMV, and do we have positive enough memories about mm-hmm. it to talk about it in an entertaining way? Yeah. So this is mm-hmm. one of our more subjective top fives. It's not comprehensive or definitive, but these I, are I'm the curious. best. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't have weighed in if this wasn't definitive. I just want to put that out there. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be quoted on many Wikipedia articles. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure. But yeah, I still remember like reading Newsweek articles from like the the virtual movie boom, where yeah. like self styled vectors, like virtual actors, are oh my God, swarming God. into Hollywood for this new opportunity. And like, yeah, it was as we know from watching some of these, it was a chance for people you had never seen before and would never see again to uh, yeah, they weren't swarming into hollywood these gigs. were the actors who would do it on the cheap we I, we talk about that or like there's certain kind of games that might be gone forever but not really but like you know disney rides can be gone forever i remember there was a there was that documentary about the first crop of mtv vjs like what's this guy up to i'm like he went and dove headlong into the interactive theatrical movie scene i'm like huh what are you talking about? But it was like America's Funniest Home Videos. Like there was a, a dongled controller or voting thing on the back of every seat. Mm. And it's like, where can I re-experience this? Like, it's, <laughs> this Good is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like what is this? And I've never been able to find out any information about that shit. But like it, as in the early 80s, you, there was like a select number of movie theaters that had interactive movies. But it was mostly yeah. like vote on what happens next. Yeah, and it was like the, the whole audience would... You know, tally their votes. It's like a quarter step removed from Dragon's Lair. But yeah, I mean, the, these these actors. Part of the reason we we remember these games is so bad. It was because the acting was so. Oh bad. god! Yeah. Well, bad. also like the gameplay in a lot of these yeah. was non-existent, yeah. or, or it was like as, as we'll talk about getting into some of these. It's like the g- gameplay wise, they were vastly inferior to other games that were mm-hmm. out at the same time. Mm-hmm. But spectacle wise, they were really really cool. Well, part of that was the tech too. Like it was just. It took forever to like load a lot of this video from these ancient CD-ROM drives. Mm-hmm. We, we should also, sorry, yeah, one of the other big factors that contributed to this. I was talking earlier about PCs and multimedia. It was CD-ROMs. Yeah, CD-ROM yes. was this new format, and you could load video off a of CD-ROM. Now you couldn't do it 
fast. It would take forever, or, and it wasn't big, responsive. Or it would be decent resolution. And these were not DVDs. You had to put this type of video information on a CD. So. Yeah, so the compression was awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, most of my memories of these, I'm like, yeah, boy, there was like, that. that is not how color works in any of these videos. <laughs> Everything looks like like if you take the, the, the sliders on your iPhone on a picture and just mm-hmm. move like blow out everything with the highlight function and the shadows function and contrast, mm-hmm. that's how all of these videos look. Yeah. It was yeah. awful. And it's it's the absolute worst if you are playing it on a PC in the original six forty by four eighty resolution on a four K. Yeah. It's like why are all the pixels like two inches wide? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It would be like taking the latest album from I don't know who's big nowadays, and then running it through basically <laughs> podcast levels of compression on the audio, <laughs> like, yeah. which which is not great, by the way. It's good enough for talking. Good enough it's for fine. talking. Good enough. Yeah, but it's not like we're in the room with you. But you mentioned the gameplay too, Michael. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them. So Chris, we always talk about how masterfully like Roger Rabbit blended live action with animation, right? It's yeah. These are the opposite of that. It's like we're blending live action with the worst. 2D overlays a lot of the time that were the game, you know, you'd take like a reticle and that would be your gameplay mm-hmm. portion. Yeah. You'd, you'd have just like a crosshairs over a video that was running yeah. in the background. Or, or it would be a CG environment with like a 2D live action yes. person video mm-hmm. in that environment. Or it can be like shut up the spawn ranch with a Manson family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the production quality, like, why was it sub porno movie levels? Like, why was it so bad? Like, uh, there is there is a good answer to that. Porn probably paid more, and it's it, why it's why I think I've, I've heard very few people criticize it, but like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. If you watch the new season, sometimes bubbles will come up over the screen to hide cuts because the original Mystery Science Theater you had unprofessional, like semi professional actors who were shooting ten minute segments in, in one take. Mm-hmm. So most of the games, they had to have like a single shot. Otherwise, the camera has to move around more and you have to have more interactivity. And Lord knows they didn't want to do that. Uh, like when you look at some of these games, like this is just a 10 minute cut. Mm-hmm. So that was the best one they had. Yeah. Oof. Or if you play, th- if you watch like a long play of some of these games, that like, oh, this this occupied me for hours back in the day. And you watch it. It's like, yeah, if you play through flawlessly, it's like 20 minutes. Yeah, there's 20 minutes of footage in this whole game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll get into those, all of those, and all of them have these problems right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com/LaserTime. It supports not only this show but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. <laughs> Because the point was they played the love bug, and my dad mm-hmm. was like, we should watch the love bug. That'll be a lark. And like, man, fuck this movie. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. But right when we're watching it, it's like, this movie is super hippie. Mm-hmm. And we and I forgot about it. I forgot about that for the hippie episode. And there was just a particularly funny moment, in the, just as dated as these things already are. Disney can't really make fun of hippies. So every time you see one, they're like drinking a soda with a straw because they can't really show them smoking a joint or anything Uh like that. uh Uh, There was one that's that's particularly, well, I'm going to say funny in a Me Too era. I just just thought this was like, I'm like, why did I miss this? This is such a fucking stupid uh, hippie depiction. So the guy and the girl are inside of Herbie. 
Who hasn't wanted to be inside Herbie? All the right, love bug, the magic love bug. Some free love shit right but there. But you know what Herbie does, right? <laughs> yeah. He's got a mind of his own, this car. Uh, it'll fly off, it'll do, it'll pop up on two wheels, it'll lock its doors and lock you in. Oh, and I forgot nice. all about this hippie depiction because it locks the woman in when they're at a drive in. Prisoners, chicky baby. We all locked in. (laughs) So a woman screaming for help. Her her face right now is the face of every woman in the world right this second. I know, chicky baby. I know. Okay. When was the last time you were called chicky baby? Never. And I find that to be a true loss. I also find it amazing because all hippies now hate straws. So... (laughs) Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back, and it's time to talk about what? Full motion, motion video. video. Yay. Games. Full motion video. I'm trying to do my best. Vincent D'Onofrio from Full Metal Jacket. Does he actually say the title of the movie in Full Metal Jacket? He very much does, right before he blows his brains out. Oh, kills you're right. Out. Oh, God. No, I never make right. it. Yeah. Yeah, I only I watch the beginning that. of that scene, and, of all those scenes, because that, that's like the fun part of the movie. And we have yeah. made it clear that full motion video means live action video with like actual actors on, sometimes even on sets. So Dragon Slayer wouldn't count. Yeah. Leave in a fucking video game so like rename video footage. (laughs) Full motion video. And Hollywood said, as opposed to what? Well, Michael, I found out that answer today when looking at a possible entrant on this list. I get it. You're right. The video game industry had to make that distinction. Mm -hmm. Uh But anyway, let's begin with number five. Folks here, plum scared to death. Town's deserted. Even a tumbleweed doesn't dare blow across the streets today. Because these hombres are mean, vicious, quick to gun. I'm sure we got a sheriff. What we need is a gunslinger. You handle yourself, Pilgrim. You uh, spray a little lead in harm's way. Then you might be good to join the Manson family here on the Spawn Ranch. Welcome to the queue for Universal Studios. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yes. Yeah. So what game is this? It's Mad uh, Dog McCree. Mad Dog McCree. Mm-hmm. Is that a game based on John Oliver's fake catheter commercials? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Starring the calf cowboy, but he's always the one gunslinging, so you never actually see him. But this is basically like Universal Studios Wild West stunt show, the game. I have to, I had a soft spot for this game as a kid. I, I would go into the art. You know, I had that miner at the beginning with his gray hat mm-hmm. and everything. You would always see him on the previous playing over and over. This, this yeah. might be the second arcade game I remember paying a dollar to play, like after <laughs> after Dragon's Lair. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a full dollar. Because the cabinet, if am I remembering correctly, the cabinet had one of those. It was like a projection television, right? Like the yeah, big, bigger yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah, man. And it was like, oh, my God, I am playing the future. Yes. Mm-hmm. The future of PBS-level dinner theater. <laughs> Be careful. That's Mad Dog's boys over there. Looking at my keys, stranger? You wouldn't be trying to get the sheriff out of jail now, would you? Chaco! Huh? Show him all we did in trouble. 
shoot at a movie. Tombstone, parentheses, 1993. (laughs) (laughs) But I I was actually kind of impressed. I'd never really played Mad Dog. That's crazy to me. Yeah, but I I was actually kind of impressed by it because I've seen games like this where you just shoot someone and it switches to a clip of them falling over. And then it's like, oh, now we're looking at a different part of the area, whatever. But no, this is like, you, you shoot, there like can be multiple people yep. standing in a frame. And yeah. depending on who you shoot, they'll, they'll like run a clip of that person falling over first. The camera still stays the same, looking straight at it. And you weren't lying. It's, it is like Knott's Berry Farm stunt show, the video game. Yeah. That, like when you shoot a guy, they don't just fall down. They will like fall off a building, like topple yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, into a hay bale. And all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and as far you know, we're gonna just, you know talk about some really garbage ones because if we're starting off with this ones, in my opinion, but the, <laughs> the, the um, <laughs> I mean, this is the most garbage. They only go up from here. Come on. Yeah, I, I thought that the acting and a lot of the rest of it was horrible. Believe it or not, so I actually thought this was pretty good for what I was expecting from it. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's That's what time, I expect. Stranger, so holster your iron. We're gonna see how fast you can draw. You'll either be mighty quick or well. That's why we got a boot hill. Yeah, they've they've got a boot hill to uh, to bury gunslingers who've run out of all three of their lives. August Chiggins, old prospector. You better work on your sharpshooting, stranger. You only got two lives left. Thanks, Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. And this and this had a sequel. Got all the tropes. Mad Dog Two. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Was... Who You Mad Dogging is the subtitle of yes, that one. Yes, yes. Who You Mad Dogging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Mad or Dog. These are not good games, mm, but no. they were fun at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they always culminated with the quick draw thing, too. Yes. So, like, the, mm-hmm. the levels themselves were very much like a light gun game. Of, oh, dude pops out, shoot him. But, yeah, you had to pull pull on, on the bosses, mm-hmm. if you yeah. were. And, uh, and there were also some cool things, like, you know, if you see, like, cow skulls or spittoons, you're supposed to shoot them, and you get, like, a little bonus something that can help you uh it had it had a stage select and there was like an order of things you had to do like oh first you have to go to the saloon and fight the guy for the keys so you can go to the sheriff's office and then free the sheriff from, oh from jail because they locked him up it mixed in lucas arts <laughs> or sierra yeah. game oh yeah, you, yeah. you ate that cake sorry <laughs> you're fucked yeah, don't get to throw a pie at a yeti now <laughs> <laughs> yeah man now of course of course they they had like the thing where you would shoot the background things it's like Video game shooting range. Yeah. It's, it's it's Disneyland yeah. shooting it, range. The game. Basically, it was basically a rail shooter without the rails. Yeah, yeah. And it was just it was, a static was, image yeah, shooter. Yeah, yeah. Everything was a scene, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was just a different scene. But yeah, I, I yeah. did respect that they they went on location and filmed these things because they're they're like classic western sets you've yeah. seen in, mm-hmm. in thousand movies. So. Yeah, it's a classic ghost town. Yes, absolutely. No, I think this game is fun. It, it, it's definitely, I think, one of the first big FMV games that I remember everyone talking about. So I think mm-hmm. it deserves its due on this list. Yeah. It's yeah. the one I have the best memories of. I mean, it's corny. And listen to me. You can understand why I like a little bit of it. But, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> I mean, you grew up in Texas, so I, I imagine did. that they sold this instead of uh, NESs at stores. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it more than NESs. Everyone had an arcade cabinet <laughs> in their home. Oh, what, what do you do up in Washington State? I play Nintendo. Oh, you mean Mad Dog McCree? That's what we call it down here. <laughs> Skitty Pope don't know spit about Mad Dog McCree. <laughs> 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 
right. <laughs> Any other fun memories of this? No. no. Hell no. Like, I just remember, <laughs> I remember seeing it and just, I'm surprised you guys have fun memories. It's just like, of all the things, even if you wanted to see something brought into FMV, it was not an old-timey Western mm. in, well, in the early 90s. I, yeah. No. Speak I for yourself. Well, that, that's right? another thing. that Westerns were not cool in the early 90s, no. except for, like, Unforgiven. Well, Tombstone, 93! Tombstone. It wasn't cool that until later. The nine, yeah, the mid-90s is when that stuff was all dances with wolves. And... Well, let me ask you, not to get ahead of ourselves, are there any other rail shooter-esque games on this list? Yes. That are, okay, shooting gallery games. Because the one thing I will say, this game has the distinction... It's good sets, whereas the other yeah. FMV shooting games that I can recall, it was like if you handed someone a, a home video camera from the day mm-hmm. and they were just walking around these random environments. Well, that kind of des- stuff. describes a lot of FMV games of the mm-hmm. time. It was like, mm-hmm. this, these are the worst actors with the worst costumes on the worst sets with the worst lighting you can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like styrofoam sets. Mm-hmm. Like really bad stuff. Yeah, and and I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have picked this one for the list, but you guys both like that was the first thing you brought up, mm-hmm. Chris and, and Leif. It or, is sorry, just Matt and Leif. Very much fond memories of yeah. seeing this thing in arcades and being like, "This is a must play." Yeah, mm-hmm. because this, in my mind, I don't know. There, there weren't many Western games, mm-hmm. and there, there still aren't many yeah. Western games. Got, it was this and, and Sega's Time Traveler, which had holograms. So why wouldn't you just play right. that? But that game would be the third-person shooter version of this ah, game, which yes. took place in first-person. So. Holy Lord. <laughs> and it's like when you when you were holding the light guns. Basically you, what I'm saying is... It was responsive. What I'm saying is Call of Duty owes its existence to Mad Dog McCree. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. You're right. There were no other rail shooters before. Absolutely not. But it, it, but it, but it looked real. That mm-hmm. was the thing. That's true. That's yes. true. Yes. It was like shooting at a Wild West stunt show. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. Number four. Cheesy music alone should be a dead giveaway. What is what this? What about the switching channels? Is that the giveaway as well? Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is this a night trap? This is night trap. All right. All right. Uh, which I, again, <laughs> was prepared to turn up my nose at, but then I went and played the re-release version. It's like, you know, this is this is actually sort of fun. It's good Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Five Nights at Freddy's was easy to understand yeah. and... Uh, and it had Dana Plato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rest oh, in peace. Oh boy, does this ever have Dana Plato? Help me, please! You're the only one that can save me. You're all mine now. <laughs> no! All right, you are perfect. Nobody's ever done that. I knew I could count on you. Thanks. You are wonderful. And next time I'm on special assignment, I'm going to insist that you back me up. I'd go anywhere with you and feel secure knowing that you were at the controls. Thanks, Kimberly. I mean, Dana. <laughs> so she's, that's right. The premise of this game, she's like a special undercover agent. Yes, right? who's, who's with a bunch of girls going to a slumber party. At a house that is apparently owned by vampires, but they don't. Yes, it's this this wealthy family that, yes. are, that are. Yes, yeah, but uh-huh. it's like a weird type of vampire, right? Well, yeah. like I didn't get through the whole thing, but it's kind of implied that the family are vampires. But then they have these other vampires that they call the augers who work for them, and these yeah. are the the dudes in the black outfits who will creep through the house at random intervals, and when they catch people, they have like these. 
gigantic gun-shaped things that they like just clamp to your neck and they have a little drill that comes out to right. drain your blood which right. that was seems... a big deal to joe lieberman yes, back in the day yes. <laughs> the gore of, uh-huh. of drilling into people's necks mm-hmm. the, the gore and the bare midriffs and this is a pornographic game <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. my. Le- I have no that's idea good. how accurate that impression. Is. No, <laughs> you have to. Joe Lieberman sounds like right. groupy dog. Well, that's true. <laughs> he does. I haven't heard the man speak in roughly nineteen years. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> that trend. Um, no, but yeah, this game. Um, that the gameplay, we should say. The reason I compared it to Five Nights at Freddy's is it's it. This is a security camera game yes where you have to keep track of stuff going on on several across several different scenes mm-hmm. and then the gameplay itself is you are setting traps hence the name night trap for the augers that they yeah. would so that they don't well, get the, the the kids right well as scat who's a sega control attack team something like that the the special mm-hmm. forces dudes who are trying to stop the vampires mm-hmm. and protect the girls mm-hmm. and of course their their latin motto on the badge exactly. But they explain why you have these traps. One of our guys put an override on the camera cable unit here in the back hallway. Which means? Which means we have complete control of the cameras and the traps. But who operates that? They do. And who's that? I'm not exactly certain. Special operators from control. But we got to work together on this one. Of course, they're pointing at you while they're saying this. Right. You are just a watchman. Yeah. Um, this is so Universal Studios. I love this. Oh, it's 100%. Oh, real ending of the game, it's revealed. You are MC Scat Cat. Oh, okay. That's Ooh. good to know. Scat Agent. Agent. <laughs> so the, it, the, the deal is that the, it's, it's already like this trap-filled house that's owned by this rich family, and they use the traps to mess with their victims. But you have taken control so you can use it to mess with ah. the vampires. This can be a little bit hard to play because you see this bank of monitors and you can see motion as as interesting things happen. And you switch over to them and you'll hear conversations. And then while you're trying to listen to these conversations, enemies show up in other monitors. So you have to switch over to them, wait for them to stumble in front of the traps, at which point a light turns red and you can you can trigger the trap. And the whole experience sounds kind of like this. Yes. I'm an all new silk doctor. So, yeah, it, it does kind of get annoying because sometimes you just want to watch the very cheesy dialogue sequences play right, out. And, right. But then right, you, the have to, you, have to, you have to jump out and, and capture these guys. And if you don't capture enough of them, you'll fall behind and the scat leader will pull the plug and disconnect you and it's a game over. Scat leader. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I was I, I thought of something while watch while playing this, and that is you know how they say that tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yes, mm-hmm. it turns out shitty production values plus time equals charm. So mm-hmm. like this stuff that was considered terrible and cheesy when it came out 
which was several years after it was made, so this only technically counts as a 90s game. Mm -hmm. Back then, it was awful. Today, it's like, oh, look at this 80s shit. It's adorable. You see the screenshots. You you know what's funny? I don't remember this game at all. I remember those Lieberman hearings and everything. Do you remember the hearings? I mean, the whole thing, we brought up the violence. The other half of that Uh was for the time. This game was quite... Titillating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, my well, again, favorite was part two goody two shoes. Dana Plato in a sports brawl. Well, that the other thing we should that this this is the perfect example of we talked about how a lot of these games had no name actors. When mm-hmm. they were able to get an actor, it was always C tier or oh, below. Yes. Like if you can't afford Gary Coleman and have to get Dana Plato from different strokes, <laughs> you got some issues. If you Corey Feldman, you have to go Corey Haim. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Haim is clearly the better Corey. What There's also about? a reason for that. And when this was made, I think you could probably say Dana Plato was B tier. Because yeah. this was made not in 1993 for the Sega CD, but in 1986 for an aborted console called the Hasbro Nemo. That was supposed to use special VHS tapes that had four tracks, so you could switch between the video as you're playing. Oh, like and Pops Ghostly Baby VHS gaming. Except that I, I think this actually had a video game component where you could, you know, possibly win or lose. This game was actually developed around the same time as Sewer Shark, the other big mm-hmm. Sega CD release game, and that one is really interesting to me because if you watch Sewer Shark being played, like. That that level that you're going through, the sewer tunnels, it's like, this does not look like CG. They're sets. These are actual sets. They built these fucking tunnels. They got the Ninja Turtle sets, dude. Yeah, maybe. But but yeah, it's like they actually built like just lots of curving tunnels and stuff and ran a camera through them. And it cost $3 million in 1986 to make. What? Wow. Yes. Okay, 2.7 of that was cocaine. <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> there is no production values or budget here. In Sewer Shark, I, I could see them spending $3 million mostly on those sets. So no, uh, we've, been, uh, we've been adjusting for inflation doing uh, Elm Street Nightmare, uh, patreon.com slash laser time. And somebody in the laser time community said, basically, 1989 money adjusted for inflation is double. Is double. Okay. Hmm. okay. Yeah. So it's, it's an easy figure to... Yeah, so it's like six million fucking dollars. Now, why were you saying this is Dana Plato when she's B B level? Because this is at the height of different strokes yes, is when they yeah. filmed this. Because I I feel like this came out. Did this come out before or after? Didn't she do Playboy? I don't remember. Probably. I, she, I don't she, remember. She had a lot of lows in her career. Yeah, she she definitely yeah, like, rob a convenience store or something. Yeah, if something was involved okay, in some kind I'm of robbery. In okay. <laughs> well, I mean, she, she died tragically. I mean, yeah, I think uh, Dr- drug overdose. Mm-hmm. But, but like, uh, yeah, but it was also that different time. If you were on a sitcom for like five years, your career was kind of over. Yeah. You couldn't be cast in anything else, which but, is yeah. ridiculous now because like Henry Winkler's on like a new show like every three weeks. Hell yeah. But yeah, I think I think Night Trap deserves a measure of its notoriety. Like, well, it, I think it was always played up to be much more gruesome and titillating than it actually was. Like everything from the production values to the level of violence is about on par with a late 80s sitcom. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing in the way of blood. There's no actual nudity. Nothing really sexy happens. So and, I think what you just described, if you want to exp- if you want to know the vibe, tone, and feel of USA Up All Night without turning on a television, mm-hmm. Night Trap. Yeah, Night Trap. Night Trap, baby. This is almost sexy. It's sexy to Joe Lieberman, and that was enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
by the way, the Playboy shoot was in 1989. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. A few years after. But before it came out in 93. Right. See, I just found that she she shot the softcore erotic drama Different Strokes, not Diff apostrophe rent different uh-huh. strokes the story of jack and jill and jill are, are you hey. making that up or is that a <laughs> why would thing? i make that up <laughs> why wouldn't you <laughs> I, look stop judging what might be right for you may not be right for some <laughs> oh that's true oh that poor woman uh, anyway yeah no that yeah Sorry, not peace. to make light, rest <laughs> in peace. But she was one of the first video game actors. Yeah. Like this the first kind of major actor, I guess, to mm-hmm. appear in a video game. Yeah. yeah really other, other than that MTV VJ whose name I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> not downtown Julie Brown? It's a, It was a guy. Oh, okay. It was a guy, white guy. Okay. Let's call him. Oh, that Kevin. narrows it down. Jesse Thanks. Camp. <laughs> <laughs> know, that channel started with like seven human beings like on screen. <laughs> true yeah all right well yeah night trap uh, I, I don't know i wouldn't really call this one that we had fond memories of but uh, yeah but, but are, are, are you thinking, it's, it's you one of the to... few that holds up fond so, enough to get a switch version yeah like yeah. someone remembered it i will say i want to play it now because mm-hmm. yeah and it's, isn't it like 15 bucks or something it's it's it's, like it's yeah i got it for 15 bucks and and yeah like the the main annoyance i have with it is that yeah you're watching these conversations and sometimes there are multiple conversations happening at the same time. But if you miss one, uh, you might miss something where they say, like, oh, now we're going to change the security code because that's another thing you have to. Ugh. There's like five different colors of security code. And if you're not on the right one at the right time, then the traps won't work. Oh, and you but will I fall wanted behind. to see a girl pretend she's about to strip to her panties. I know, right? Oh, Ugh. she was looking in the bathroom mirror and she was wearing some sort of teddy. <laughs> <laughs> how our dates have evolved <laughs> better not show up in my incest panel video I don't want to see fucking <laughs> it's like when commercials allude to porn and they say like okay now you can look at your bikini magazines it's like what planet are you from <laughs> even the sports illustrated swimsuit issue doesn't have swimsuits anymore no it does not <laughs> Uh, anyway. Number three. They're coming in too fast. Stay on course. We can take them. What is this awful bullshit? Level of salt too, baby. But this 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 adjusts between awful bullshit and okay bullshit. Yeah. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. It does. so I do have fond memories of this. But when Michael and I were talking about what the reason they had to call it faux motion video, we found out it because the prequel to this game, Rebel Assault One, what did you coin it, Michael? Half motion video. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it was like static images where they'd like put an animated mouth over it, or it looked, I call it the Conan the Conan show effect, where they would have yeah, like the, just cargo. the mouth, or just like t- it wasn't it wasn't as good as Clutch Cargo because Clutch Cargo was an actual mouth. This was just like an animated mouth. But they, then they also had like bad, badly digitized footage. From the first Star Wars movie, where like yeah. C3PO would like move the same way three times as it cut back to him or yeah. whatever. Really oh, bad. Doctor Cat Squiggle Vision. Yeah, Rebel Assault. <laughs> <laughs> Rebel Assault Two had actual full motion video cutscenes, yeah, 
And it would have the actors in full motion video on screen during action sequences. Mm -hmm. So when you're not... I found out we streamed it a while back, and it was Mm -hmm. really hard to stream because YouTube does not want any of this music uh, available to you. Ah, Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not James Earl Jones. I just like... I I like harkening back to a time of like being into Star Wars before the internet. I went over to a friend's house and saw this game and like just built a head cannon of behind the scenes. Like, I guess this is what where George Lucas is taking the movies. There's no more movies. He's doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And no one's talking about it. Now, I, I remember going back to school. Like, have you seen this fucking game? There's a, the new Star Wars movie is a game. It, it, it was as close to a st- new Star Wars movie as we had back then because, like, what was the last Star Wars thing that had been made? Like, Ewok's Caravan of Courage? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, TV yeah. movies. And I, and I believe this is the first game where they had to go to Lucasfilm and drag out costumes. They are official costumes mm, that yes, were used yeah, in yeah. the real movies. And oh, the acting. Okay, we've broken through the outer perimeter, but the party's not over yet. <laughs> but here comes the entertainment. I read a whole swarm of TIE interceptors directly ahead. Do you really? A whole swarm? First yeah, guy sounds like Fonzie Bear. T- that is Shakespearean <laughs> acting for a formation. We had a whole swarm game. of TIE Interceptors. We call it a swarm. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's, it sounded like Bruce Campbell holding it a burp. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't since, shake him. <laughs> since you bring up Vader, we can settle right here and now whether or not it sounded like James Earl Jones. As you can see, Lord Vader, the units perform admirably. In fact, I think the whole project has proved quite impressive. Why, in a few years, what I see, Admiral Sarge, is another one of your endless tests. I will not be impressed until I have, under my command, the full power to crush the Rebel Alliance. So, he gets the patter right. No, but no. that is heavily compressed. Uh-huh. James Earl Jones was way younger then, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. And you Close know, enough. some of the some of the cutscenes are pretty good. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Shut up. <laughs> I see what they did there. Ah, yeah. But but most of this game is it's. Mostly a series of shooting galleries. Yeah, it's a rail Um, shooter. It's a rail shooter, and like the first mission, for example, is like you're in the cockpit of a Y wing, Mm. and there are you're just moving a targeting reticle around while like scenery moves around you, and and most of the levels are are like that. Then they have some like on foot shooting where it's kind of like time crisis, where like you hit the right mouse button to take cover. And then you pop out and you shoot at like videos of stormtroopers that that appear. Yeah, it wasn't that new for the sequel too. Like the the first one was all taking place in ships, and I think the second one was the first one that did the that might be stuff. yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it was a uh, what was cool about it. You got to fly several of the ships in Star Wars, yeah. like some mm-hmm. some I think maybe for the first time. I yeah, Y wing. There's there's like a Corellian freighter that looks identical to the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Speeder bike. Yeah, speeder bikes. I think an A wing even too. Yeah. The process they used to do it wasn't full motion video, but like the same process they used to make Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. So it still it still looks okay, but it plays like shit. Yeah, most of the backgrounds are CG, right. like they're pre rendered and they're they're moving and you're moving through them, but. Really, it's just like this is this is a film. You're not in danger of actually running into anything. Yeah, it's a bit like the new Galaxy's Edge ride, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. like Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, and I think the, the PlayStation version also adds like some 3D models or ships and things that aren't in the PC version. Mm-hmm. But this is good as FMV games go, yeah. as Star Wars games go, even at the time, it was considered terrible. Yeah, because I think this is right before games like X-Wing were coming yeah. out. This was around the same time as games like yeah. X-Wing yeah. were coming yeah. out. Well, this, really this was like 92 up. and X-Wing was 93 years. Or yeah. maybe the first one was 92. And then, yeah, there, I mean, it, it was kind of a classic era, especially of ship combat Star Wars games. And so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we've come a long way. It's still, it's this cool relic where when else have you really gotten to play a Star Wars movie? You know, yeah. it's it's... It's neat. Even if it's not a great Star Wars movie, it's still kind of interesting. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Can't be said for episode one and two. <laughs> yeah. And we do have to remember at the time. No, actually, this was 95. So this was just before Shadows oh, of the this Empire came out. Yeah, but, yeah, but when was after, one? When was one? After great games like X-Wing, but it's also, I know it wasn't simultaneously launched on the PlayStation, but like, remember, Lucas wasn't building games for consoles at this time. Yeah, he was like, yeah. Yeah, and, so uh, the first one was 93. 93, okay, right around there. But yeah, I mean, this was, there was no Star Wars. And so if you wanted to see a Star Wars movie, this was it. This is the way For a long it. time. Mm-hmm. And just like knowing what the PlayStation was like, how they were like, they hated pixels and wanted all faux 3D horseshit, you know they were creaming their jeans over like the semi-exclusive Star Wars games and probably helped put a little bit of resources behind it because... There, I, I don't know. You probably how many how many double disc games can you can you remember there being? Mm, a few, uh, most few. of them RPGs. Uh, yeah, I, I was an RPG guy yeah, so on PlayStation. Yeah, a couple, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, a yeah. Most of them, but were because they were long, and this game isn't. It's just because of the technology they used. And Chris, yeah. please respect. They were creaming their jinkos at the time because this was, this is <laughs> yeah. they're fat jinkos spelled with a ph. <laughs> um, interestingly, like this. I, I still think this is good for what it was, which is an FMV game. Mm-hmm. But the developers who created it went on to do some of the best Star Wars games ever made. Because this was by Factor Five. Oh shit! Which did Rogue Squadron mm-hmm. and and all the rest of those. Which accounts for some of the similarities between certain scenes in mm-hmm, those games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, hell so, yeah. So yeah, they wanted to build something much more cinematic, and they eventually did, but with 3D graphics. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's FMV Star Wars. What yeah. else you need no, to hear? Wait, could, did you say you could still buy this on Steam? Yes. At least I have it on Steam. I think I, I mean, I bought that Lucas pack a long time ago. I, I wasn't sure what Disney was going to do, so I, I think I spent like 70 bucks on like every Lucas game ever. Oof. None of which I'll ever play. <laughs> 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 like, but, but you I had, have, I have them. them. When you're living in a world with like no Star Wars, you have to really remember there being no Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, and, this was it. It was like games Games for about five years were wholly representative of the franchise other than comics. And and th- that was it. So, like, I have so many pleasant memories of, of even shit Star Wars games, yeah. including this one, which yeah. I really liked. I, w- I couldn't stop talking about it back in the day. Including Star Wars well, chess. This is back when Star Wars used to work on me. And so I didn't think of it as shit. I was, like, so excited yeah, that it was Star neither. Wars. It was, mm-hmm. it was still novels. So. And, it, and it's it, it still seems like light years away from Night Trap as an FME game. Mm. There is a lot of interactivity. It's just it's still limited, but there's way more than Mad Dog McCree. Sorry, <laughs> this is like, but I do agree. Like this is the first time you had been able to see like Star Wars stuff. You know, walking around in the orange costumes and everything. It was yeah, that was cool for mm-hmm. that. And you could even hear the original music, which I think X-Wing had, like the first X-Wing release, had a hard time. <laughs> it's all MIDI shit. And I know that because I got several YouTube copyright strikes by trying to stream it. Anyway. Number two. 
Leave me to my plants. Yes. Quasi Carmina Barana should give it away. Phantasmagoria. This reporter attended Carno's Phantasmagoria show in London's Egyptian theater last night and found it horrific, spine tingling, and incredible. So Phantasmagoria, what you just heard, the, the first clip was a vision that the main character has. It's about this mystery novelist who... She and her photographer husband buy this house in a remote New England island and they move out there and it has a troubled past. It used to belong to a stage magician named Carno, Carnovash. It's the Carnovash mm. estate. And he's this guy who had five wives and murdered all of them. And that scene that we played at the beginning is one of his wives tries to escape him by, you know, just kind of hiding in her greenhouse and tending her plants. And he comes in and starts like touching her face and stuff. And she's like, no, stop it. Stop touching me like a blind man in an eighties movie. And, and he's like, all right, I'll leave you to your plants. And then he stabs her in the face with a trowel. What? And then he Whoa. uses the trowel. he like, just, he fills her mouth with mulch until she chokes. And that's just like one of several very brutal deaths in this game. But this was, this was like Sierra entertainment. One of their first forays into full motion video. It was shot with live actors over, 3D rendered sets, so now it looks really goofy. It looked really cool at the time. Mm -hmm. Trust me on this. I'm, <laughs> I'm an old. It was made by Roberta Williams, who was like one of the co-founders of Sierra, famous for the King's Quest series. Ah, mm. yeah. And the cover of Leisure Suit Larry. But also, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Her work on Leisure Suit Larry. And, and softcore porn simulator, whatever the hell that was called. The, the, the prequel to Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. A spiritual prequel. Yeah. But here's, yeah, it was definitely a chance to kind of indulge her darker side. This was more of a gothic horror game. It is infamous for its rape scene, which is completely oh. unnecessary and just comes out of nowhere. It's, it's, it's like a husband and wife sex scene that suddenly turns violent. But that happens fairly early in the game and it's part of her husband's. <laughs> Sorry? Roll that clip. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, the idea is that like, well, she's exploring the house when they first move in and uh, she uncovers a hidden chapel and starts exploring it and opens a box. And in this box was trapped a demon that had possessed this magician, Carno, like a hundred years before. And it entered her husband and possessed him. And so his behavior gradually changes over the course of the game. It's oh. like Amityville or something where he, be, you know. Oh, God, he's going to kill her. God, he's becoming a magician. <laughs> if only. But yeah, you, you find out the story by finally tracking down like Carno's apprentice, who's now like a very, very old man, but was a little boy when he knew the magician. Carno and his first wife adopted me. I, at that time, he was a good man, respected by his colleagues, loved by his wife, admired by his audiences, but all that changed when he got the book. He gained immense powers through contact with the black forces. Through the book, he unleashed the demon. 
and it took him over and he started killing all five of his wives. And that's why we get to watch these great torture scenes and death scenes throughout Phantasmagoria. He only he only becomes the demon when he really needs to win a match, though. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he's just regular Finn Balor Carno. Sure. Yeah. It's a wrestling right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you should know better by now. <laughs> I'm missing NXT. It's on USA, all right? It's a big deal. But yeah, I mean, we're getting a little bit spoilery for this very old game. Which is impossible to play now. <laughs> no, it's, it's very possible. It's on Steam. It's still oh, available sure. on Steam? Yeah. With the bad stuff in there? Yep. It's Steam. Well, it's 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 one of those <laughs> things. True. It's It's not explicit. And when I played it as a teenager, like it didn't even quite register to me. It's just like, oh, this, this sex turned bad. And it wasn't until I played it with a girlfriend and she got upset. It's like, oh, okay, no, I understand now. Uh, (laughs) Michael, that is the sweetest way to say (laughs) young innocent Michael. This sex turned bad. That's how I remember too. Because well, now I think I've told the story before, but now Laser Time listeners know who Sam is. And I started hanging out with Sam when I'm like 13 or 14, and and I just like PC games are like just I. I don't even know. They're out of my wheelhouse. And, and and I'm just like such a horn dog and there's no internet and I can't jerk off all I want. And I'm like, dude, you got any of these PC games have nudity? He's like, no. Uh, well, well, there's one that might. And, and he pulls out Phantasmagoria. And he's, Jesus. Like, he's like, but I'm not playing this again so you can see that. And like, let me do it. <laughs> and, I, and so that's how I experienced the game. I wanted to see nudiness because it was three o'clock in the afternoon and there's no internet yep. yet. There's Night no trap nudiness. was right there to mm-hmm. entice you with its non-nudity. No, but this is, he's like he he had to think about it because I, I was like I played Leisure Suit Larry. There's nothing I could fucking get off to in there or get aroused by. Really, what? You know, no nah. JPEGs of uh, cartoon women don't don't do it for you. I don't know. I've only played one, five, and six, and seven. So maybe there's maybe in the middle somewhere <laughs> something I can something I, I mean, can hang that my age, The on. wind could change. Uh-huh, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember him saying like, "All I can think of that you're asking for is in Phantasmagoria." But I'm going to leave the room, and you can feel free. To <laughs> yeah, with all you what, want. What is what is with this? Just openly asking your buddy for porn, <laughs> like. Different era. It's a different yeah, era. Teenagers. Why don't you got to go in the forest and find it like the rest of us, Chris? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, we did. And then, then occasionally <laughs> someone would steal it or your parents might see it. So you had to go bury it back in the woods. But this was also a time like, yeah, I've seen all my, like most of my friends jerk off before because someone would get a porno and just like, all right, we have five minutes to spare. Everybody go at it. And, <laughs> and it's, it's a different time. <laughs> really? Look, you can judge me all you want, but like, I okay. know the people out there on like the fucking 16th page of Pornhub right now. Like, <laughs> like, this is our one opportunity. Why doesn't any of it make me hard? Uh, But yeah, so Phantasmagoria, some interesting things about it. So I subscribed to Interaction, which was Sierra's official magazine, which you would get like a year's subscription of every time you sent in like one of their warranty registration cards for a game. And I sent those in every single time. So I had like a subscription for as long as the magazine ran. Perfect. And I think they had, like, Roberta Williams' son, like, talking about his experience. Like, I was just hanging around on the the set of Phantasmagoria watching them shoot. And there's some stuff I couldn't see. But, like, you know, most of it. And he he talked about one thing that stuck with me was that the actress's clothes went through. Like, she she had to wear the same outfit through the whole game. Mm -hmm. So they would just have that, you know, the same sprites of her and it'd look consistent. And apparently... 
like her jeans disintegrated almost over the course of the thing so that she had to like tape them up with with duct tape and then like finally like okay can we get just get new jeans in here or something uh but another thing that he talked about and like this is to me i think the best part of the game is that it has some gore effects that like for games at the time like even in the era post mortal combat it was way over the top and completely unexpected like after all of these like kills that happened throughout the game that were barely even bloody at all you have these moments at the very end where spoilers the main character is knocked out by her husband and put into this like magic axe like guillotine chair where she's tethered to a chair and there's like a guillotine blade swinging back and forth above her and if you don't get out in time it swings straight into her face and splits her head in half and you get to see that just like they they built a latex head for it and they like pulled it apart with strings and it sprayed blood everywhere but far worse if you get out of it it ends up killing her husband and the demon comes out of him and starts chasing her around the mansion and if it catches her you get this horrifying scene of like she screams and then it like just jams its thumbs into her eyeballs and pulls her face apart in half. Oh my god. And like you're you're just looking directly at the face while it's happening oh and like god. her nose is being pulled apart like holy shit. shit. But but like just the fact like that level of gore was it's something gross. I had never yeah. seen in movies yeah, even. That's crazy. And for that to just happen at the end of a video game like it it just stayed with me for the rest of my life just scarred, scarred instantly <laughs> and like watching it now i can see like all right well that's that's clearly latex and like the blood does like somebody fucked up the timing on the blood hose that's coming out of the forehead and uh they they don't do it till the end after the face is torn in half but still it's like my god there's a couple things i i didn't realize until kind of looking up this game is I forgot how big it was. Hmm. Yeah, this thing came on seven, seven discs. Yes, seven discs. Um, that was huge. Like this, the script for the game was like many times the size of a typical movie script. Uh, it wasn't cheap to make either. It cost several million dollars at the time. Like mm-hmm. this was a big undertaking and a big ordeal. And it's yeah. wild if you think for like hor- horror as a genre. Chris can tell you is typically. The reason they, they're made for cheap and they, they make a whole lot of money for, for the, the, their cost, right? They, they have good returns on investment. And so typically you don't put a ton of budget into horror anything. But then the fact that this is one of the biggest budget games at the time, fortunately, it paid off. Like this was also very successful. Like review reception wise yeah. did not get great. It was like a six, you know, but this game sold a ton of copies. It was, it was yeah. wild. I mean, I, I played it as a, an impressionable what? 16, 17 year old, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, weird. Uh, so weird. I'm just, I, I can imagine the cover in a Comp USA. Oh, yeah. On the shelf. Comp USA refused to carry they, they it. They refused actually. to carry it. Yeah, yeah. they sent them uh, <laughs> notice. But, but this, this gave way to. How much for that anecdote? Hmm. <laughs> it's gave way to Phantasmagoria 2, a puzzle of flesh, which I was kind of disappointed by because so. While Phantasmagoria, the first one went off the rails at moments, it was still kind of a somewhat goofy gothic horror game that, you know, relied heavily on puzzle solving and whatnot. And two was a much more modern psychosexual thing where you're playing as a character who has a history of mental issues and you're not sure if like, are the things he's seeing real or are they fake? Is he the killer? Are there monsters killing people around him? And uh, what's up with statements like this? 
Have you ever thought about why you like images of bondage? Yeah. Weird, right? <laughs> no. Wait, listen. I feel like the uh, the person in the picture is somehow being held together. Like um, they can't come apart with all that stuff holding them in. Hmm. Fascinating. Also, creepy as fuck. Yes. Also, arrest that man. Yeah. But, but also, interesting, Phantasmagoria 2 versus Phantasmagoria 1. One used CG sets. Two was all real sets. So, like, the, it was the more pure FMV of the two. Real sets. I remember that was a terrible HBO series yeah. all about video games. <laughs> real sets, five. Did we need real sets, 18? Honestly. <laughs> Real sex safety, take one. How do you guys like to do it? I'm on the streets of New Orleans. What a stupid show. <laughs> so many dumb things. Like their entire audience was just horny 12-year-olds. <laughs> Stayed up too late. Please tell I wanna, me. I want to talk to one of the people who were interviewed on those Man on the Street segments, too. Like, are they proud of that? Mm. Yeah, or, or just like someone, someone logistically, because there were like 19 of those shows. Someone, one of them is listening to the show right now. I want to know all about your experience. <laughs> you still have your NDA. Yeah, we will do a laser time about that if you want. Like, I, come on. I, I act- actively started avoiding anything related to real sex after the episode with the uh, the class that taught naked middle-aged dudes how to jack off. Oh, God. So one thing, you know, we talked about the reception of this game. And, of course, this game was controversial we, mm-hmm. for reasons we mentioned. Yeah. But it, there was also another controversy, and it had some familiar names involved. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, not sure. I will read from the Wikipedias right here. <laughs> uh, and tell, stop me when you recognize uh, people. In 98, three years after the game released, the Kentucky Teachers Retirement System came under criticism for owning 435,000 shares worth $9 million in Sendent, which by this point had purchased Sierra Online due to violence in Phantasmagoria and other Sierra games. Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell. Ooh. Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee. Whoa. Iowa Governor Terry Branstad and Lamar Alexander, the former governor of Tennessee, all asked the system to tell its stock. So this this is politicians getting involved. Basically, it was one of those, you know, these a lot of these retirement funds, they just buy indexes. They didn't <laughs> know they were buying this particular sure. stock or anything like that. But it, but it was like... Yeah, this was government saying this. You you own, you're a teachers organization. You own shares in a violent yeah. video game. How you should not you? be out there encouraging yeah. magicians to murder their wives. <laughs> I, I, I think I think there should be more rape scenes in video games than that. <laughs> oh, and 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 yeah, I, I stand by that 100. percent Even though I look like a giant turtle, I have I have needs, some of which are very dark. I'm married for money. I really? I'm married for money, not for love. So, uh, <laughs> from, from, I, uh, I really think we should free. give. We, we should. Well, we we should keep it going. We should give Russian developers more more of a chance to sell their games. We got a mandate to make Phantasmagoria three uh, even rapier <laughs> than previously. <laughs> Russian laws. Jesus Christ. Um, I wish Mitch McConnell was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I feel like I should say, like, even despite the the cheesiness and the obvious problematic aspects, this was a 
I, I really enjoyed most of Phantasmagoria when it came out, and I thought that the story was really compelling. Again, I was sort of disappointed that the sequel did not continue with any of the characters or plot lines or even the general theme that it was, again, much more modern psychological horror. But I know that 2 is probably much better regarded in general. Like, I, I still see people on Twitter talking about it in positive ways. So, like, great. I need to get into it. Yeah. Anyway... It's a game. That's why we're invited. It's a game. Everyone for himself. Or herself. <laughs> Crazy old star is watching us, scaring us, watching us play at his puzzles. Only he knows the rules. Only star knows the rules. Let hmm. me move my skeletal cursor ah, over yes. here and click on the option that says the seventh guest. <laughs> yeah, speaking of cheesy gothic horror, uh-huh. this is the cheesiest and the gothiciest, if <laughs> yes. not the horrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this was a. I love the. I love this game, dude. Uh, yeah, un- unqualified. Yes, I went back and I played this, and I tried to play the eleventh hour, the sequel. Did not enjoy the eleventh hour at all. Loaded up seventh guess, and it's like, oh, instantly, this feels like home. Like I, I remember all this stuff, and it's not just nostalgia. It's so responsive, and fun, and everything's just sort of spooky in like a dancing skeleton kind of way, not really a scary way. Well, it it had that unique blend of like early 3D graphics like mm-hmm. like a level above clip art quality art yes. here mixed with FMV um, I, I went back and played it it was on iOS a few years ago oh really yeah I went back and played it and it's um, I mean it holds up it's a, it's a puzzle game the puzzles still hold up mm-hmm. know, but it's like this one for example a perplexing planetary poser how puzzling perhaps a phonemic path can be phrased with a little postulation what twisted crime of logic would merit such a sentence? Uh, you remember that one at all? Mm-hmm. Which is the one that you had to form something about a tryst? Oh, that was, that was, okay, so this one that he just said was when you go into the, uh, there's like a, a telescope. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you like look at planets and you, you trace a path through them and you form the sentence, there is no possible way. Mm-hmm. The one that you're thinking of is uh, you go into the pantry and there's a bunch of cans, most yes. of which have Y's on them. So you have to form an entire sentence with only Y as the vowel. Yeah, slyly, oh. slyly, so it's, it's tryst. Shy, shy gypsy, slyly, spryly, tryst by my crypt. Yes. Yeah. Yep, I Good do thing remember, is Y is flexible there. I remember the, the, the bathroom floor one that looked like a che- uh, chessboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. had to do that one. Yeah. yeah. You have this creepy 3d rendered mansion Uh and you are going through solving puzzles as you solve puzzles you will see ghosts of the seven guests who arrived at the estate of this esteemed toy maker mr stauf which is just faust spelled sideways (laughs) and he's promised each of them their heart's desire if they do something very specific there's a guest who hasn't arrived yet. A guest unlike the six of you. A very special guest. Your services involve that guest. You must wonder what that service is. But that is the game, Mr. Dutton. The puzzle I've set for you. This is all I can tell you, Mr. Dutton. In the morning, only one of my guests will walk out of this house with his or her 
every wish granted. So uh, I'm going to turn my chair backwards here. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys and girls, gather around. Let Uncle Matt give you a little hot tip. You know, as we're quickly uh, coming up on Halloween season, mm-hmm. October. <laughs> If a strange man who sounds oddly like Vincent Price mixed with the devil <laughs> offers you a deal in exchange for your heart's content, don't take it. Yeah. It's not a treat. That is no. Yeah. It's <laughs> a so, trick. So, yeah, Mr. Stauff, again, esteemed toy maker, he, a former drifter and murderer who started seeing visions of dolls and puzzles and started carving them and got rich. He built this crazy mansion that's full of contraptions and puzzles and things. And he invites six people, like an aging socialite flapper, who like this is set sometime in the 30s, I think, okay. or, or the 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 events of the night that you're witnessing is set mm-hmm. sometime in the 30s, possibly 20s. There's like a businessman and his wife. Mm-hmm. There's this young kind of vampy woman. I forget what her deal is exactly. There's a stage magician, and there's like the son of a wealthy family who desperately wants money because he's run out of it. And yes. uh, someone hooks up too. I remember two, at least one of the one of the couples has a little. Well, I think the uh, yeah the the businessman ends up hooking up with the the younger woman who is manipulating him. Yes, of course. And and his wife and the magician become friends, and they they're like the yeah. good guys more or less. And it's them that stumble onto Stauff's vile secret. I love my mommy. Where's my mommy? Where's my mommy? voice she lived next door to us and samantha she got sick and oh no the dolls are the children yeah so there was like an epidemic in the town a bunch of children died and uh stauff took their souls to make his dolls yeah it so this game creeped me out. So the, mm, you heard that. Believe, Every time yeah. you hear that music, it's mm-hmm. creepy. Anything involving creepy dolls scares the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, they do good Michael, stop making notes for future episodes. Uh-huh. So you know yeah. this about me. We've buddy. already you done creepy dolls. Nightmare, Patreon. <laughs> oh, God. That's right. Uh, yeah. Sorry, the, other, back. the other reason, though, um, it is creepy, but one of the reasons I think I love this game, it's Clue mixed with Mist. Yeah. yeah. It's basically, That's a pretty know, good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, the, the story is entertaining, and I think... It's burned into my mind because either I can't remember if there was an audio CD included or if you could just play the game CD like an audio CD. I think it's the latter. Yeah, the the music was composed by the Fat Man, who uh, that's from I mean, Big me, and the Fame. Yes, no that that is his uh, his stage name. Fat Man of Team Fat, George Sanger, the guy he he composed the music for Maniac Mansion and a ton of other games, including the Seventh Guest. And he had extensive notes on, like, how he scored the scenes and how, like, each character had their own theme song. One of them had, like, this, you know, memorable jazz song about skeletons in her closet. It was a bunch of really cool stuff. And, and like, the CD would feature, like, some of the, the clips that I've played, but, like, set to different music. So it was, it, it kind of got burned into my brain, like, sketches on a rap album or something. So, Matt, you say you're creeped up by dolls. How about dolls that are also creepy clowns? <laughs> yeah. Look balloon, Sonny. Here's a nice one. Red balloon. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,
It's that demon voice. Like, I know it's just someone modulating yeah. your voice. Yeah. They really but overused it, that filter in no, this no. game. <laughs> Very effective, though. And it, sure. it feels overused if you watch a playthrough, but it would take you a while to figure out the puzzles, and so there was mm-hmm. a lot of time between the cutscenes. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, once you learned it, I mean, you go back and play this game, it'll take you an hour or two it's a, once you learn the solutions. But uh, Yeah, just play uh, it with an yeah. FAQ. Like, you'll, you'll breeze through it, and... Uh, you know, the, the puzzles are fun to a point, but uh, ultimately it's the drama that's playing out in front of you uh, as you watch these six guests tr- try to uh, figure out what they're supposed to do with the seventh guest, mm-hmm. who's this little boy who just sneaks in in the middle of the night. He's dared to by his buddies. Oh, that's right. Yes. 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 Did we talk about how Faust... Stauf. 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 Yeah, Stauf. Well, we know what it's channeling, but, yeah. but how he got... He hey, it's me! Right? <laughs> he gets his power seventh he, he, he beat seven minutes no problem <laughs> he makes a pact with an evil entity right yeah and, it's and kind of like phantasmagoria him, again and it gives mm-hmm. him visions that is able that's how he that's how he makes his fortune or whatever yeah and and the deal is that he needs to deliver a certain number of souls of children's souls to this entity yeah as a sacrifice but he fucks it up because uh, he the the seventh guest this this boy named Tad spoilers ends up getting away at the end and so the entity consumes Stauf and even even so he still comes back for the sequels. So. Yeah, and well, the, and the the premise of the game is you are your ego, mm-hmm. your ego, which is and the who, spirit of Tad who's yeah, so trapped in purgatory. You don't know that, but yeah, you are. You're just this amnesiac who wakes up in the house and starts witnessing these events, and you yeah. don't understand why. And eventually, by the end of the game, you figure out that, like, oh, I'm, like, the adult ghost of this boy, and I'm stuck in purgatory, and I'm forced to witness these events over and over again until I realize that I can do something to change them. And only once you make the change, mm-hmm. then you then you can move on into the yeah. light. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, the feet and souls thing. I, I can't actually say the name of the story because a lot of people don't realize it's actually that type of movie. But there was there was a very recent movie that has a similar story and where they don't fulfill that obligation. And yeah, there it goes. <laughs> Bill and Ted Three, the upcoming sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's totally what happens. We've seen deaths in it. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's been our top five. Obviously, there are a bunch of other FMV games that had promise for this list. Like, we haven't even touched, like, the Tex Murphy series. Mm-hmm. Or, I, I was uh, thinking Tomcat Alley because live-action Top Gun, man. Come yeah, on. but, I mean, we only really need one game where it's just a reticule where it, that you're moving back and forth across the screen. True. Yeah. Well, the, the one I was really thinking about with the bad production values and the one... I mean, excuse me, the bad acting, but it had the awesome production values and what they were complaining that they had to get a whole Hollywood crew. Was that Ground Zero Texas? Ah, yes. Yes, and that, yeah, they they put some heavy work into the sets there. Awful acting. But I think you're going to say the original Resident Evil. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to uh, yeah. say uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Insulting Defective, more like. <laughs> Ooh, did you know that's based on an old board game? Yeah, you, you mentioned that. Yeah, it's, it's basically this... Not it, it's more like an RPG book than a oh. board game, where it's it's basically you read the premise of a mystery and then you try to have to solve clues and you you answer questions at the end of it. But mm-hmm. they did that and made it into FMV. Well, Watson, I think we've assured that we will never work in cinema again. <laughs> 
and, and, there've been about 500 Sherlock's. So <laughs> Somewhere in there, Matt mentioned creepy clowns, and and not only do we have a Laser Time episode uh, coming up about that, mm-hmm. I, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Sid Haig. He died this week. Yeah. And, uh, Captain Spaulding, man, the the best creepy clown, the, the one I would actually like to have at my birthday party. <laughs> it's a huge bummer, and I'll be watching a House of a Thousand Corpses at a midnight show this week. You should too. Yeah, or at least watch the DVD menu, which you can see on YouTube. That was so fucking funny, <laughs> and like five minutes long. <laughs> uh, Go look it up. See what we're talking about. It was um, great. Also, I wanted to mention Supreme Warrior, which is a really weird thing that was done by Digital Pictures, the same people behind Night Trap and Sewer Shark. They did a kung fu movie that you can play through. They actually went and filmed at the Shaw Brothers sets in Hong Kong with a bunch of martial artist actors who would actually, like, kick the camera, like a padded camera rig. So when you take a hit, like, you're actually seeing the camera getting hit. (laughs) You have non-FMV hands that you have in front of you. I mean, they're photos, but, like, they're sprites that you're moving. And you can block or you can kick or or punch whatever. And It's all in the mind. So you're, you're, you're fighting a movie, but it's really awkward and even took me a long time to figure out how to control it well so uh difficult to recommend later really. remade as the quiet man last year's smash sure. hit. yeah i was wondering we were, we were to talk about that did anyone yeah. play that no um i mean yes i did actually i played it at an event i played it at a pax i played it that's, at a, that's the, the most big budget approach to the fmv game yeah that's the one that actually gave it gameplay most most of the games that are fmv now are are interactive stories or you know they're like things like her story um or telling lies whereas yeah that game was like fmv segments and then it became the yakuza fighting engine but like a bad version of that engine Mm. not great yeah anyway that's been our top five classic 90s fmv games we hope you had as much fun as we did anyway we're going to take a break right now and when we come back we'll talk about some news some new releases some other stuff so stay tuned Take the time to find out what's inside Away from all this wind and rain The six arrive, the firelight's there Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1999. American Pie was a phenomenon with uh, five, five, four sequels and three straight to video sequels. Yeah. But American Pie is all about guys trying to get laid, especially through the eyes of Jim, Jason Biggs, who I think is actually pretty fun. I like that. I, I've always liked Jason Biggs, and I'm try- I can't even remember what the pie scene is because oh, he fucks it. No, no, yes, <laughs> I recall. 
But uh, I his penis. <laughs> but I saw both move the the first two movies in theaters, and the MPAA always has a cut to suggest. So the DVD has if you watch if you watched it more on DVD, you have a different fucking scene. So what do you remember him doing with the pie? Honestly, I don't remember. Like I've kind of blocked. Did that his dad out. come in and he has the pie plate over I his think crotch? So yeah. So in the right. unrated unrated DVD, he's on the counter fucking it. Oh, and- <laughs> missionary style. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you do doggy with a pie? <laughs> I mean, not if you're the giver. Yeah, bend it over the fireplace. And like- but you can do reverse cowgirl. Uh. <laughs> How do you reverse it? It's round. Well, the pie plate's away from you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the pie plate is its underwear. <laughs> I think it's all but. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to our final segment where we will just jump straight. We have no time. Michael. Straight into Matt. Matt, we need to jump straight into that segment. You need to wake up and have an awakening, my friend. That is known. He won't even let me plug my Patreon, and he does this. (laughs) As. You say that like I've ever stopped you from plugging your fucking Patreon. (laughs) I know you cut it out at the end. I never have. Which Patreon's that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Yes, thank you. There you go. Where Elm Street Nightmare Season 3 is launched. Uh, I'm glad Matt clarified so that I was certain which one we were talking about. Right. I mean, they should only go check that out as long as they're there on Twitter checking out at VG Apocalypse as well. And me personally, at Matty C. Allen. It's it's been a very big week, and one of the reasons that uh, we invited Leif on this week is because you have played every single Apple Arcade game. What? Yeah. Everyone. The, the, the day that it came out, we wanted to have and it was special video, but it was too ambitious. We knew it; they couldn't edit it all. That's a hundred games, but, man. But it was it was it was at least sixty eight at the time. But uh, wow. one off, one off from the weed number. Yes. And Wait, uh, how 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 long did that take to download? I downloaded. We have really fast internet at work, so it didn't take any time okay. at all. But uh, it was. Uh, but yeah. But so we sat down, and I I. Did I devoted 40 seconds at least to each game, but the thing, it was really a few minutes because sometimes I had to go past the tutorials and stuff like that. Well, that's, that's longer than I was able to last in some of those games. <laughs> so uh, we, we, we just went through and, okay, it's time to go to the next one. So we were just making, I was just making some really snap judgments and stuff. Yeah, it four, still took four, several hours. But. 40 seconds isn't even enough time to not allow it access to my contacts and notifications. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, 40 seconds is about how long it took me to bail out on some of those games with the control schemes. Yeah. Looking at you, X. At the gungeon. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, the, the thing, and you know, I was playing all of them with a controller, with a mm. PS4 controller. Yeah, but oh yeah, that. Thank you, Michael. Michael gave me a tip. Um, you can, as of yeah, iOS I think 12, I, I, I sent think. you Leif's article. Yeah, you probably yeah. sent my house You can, you can yeah. sync a, a DualShock with with your or iPhone. an Xbox or One an X- controller. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so it's, it's really easy on the DualShock. You just basically hold X- the syncing button and, and sync with Bluetooth. Exit the gungeon. Is fine with a DualShock. Mm-hmm. Could not imagine. I tried it with the touch controls. Don't bother. Don't do that to yourself. They they try to they add like the bullet time mechanic to slow things down to give you more time to dodge and stuff. That that game is meant for a controller. It's it's it, it's hard already. It's a roguelike you know bullet hell game, right? So let's take one of those mm. and then give it touch controls. No thanks. Yeah. 
But, it, but you know, I, I think that was a big foundation of it. They were trying to, you know, attract these people that are making good, basically, console games, but give them a good start on mobile and stuff. Mm. And it used to be that controllers on an iOS were really limited. You had the MFI controllers, and I was telling Michael on the way over here that they didn't have L3 or R3. And I think that when they talked with the developers, they had to really... Uh, MFI, made for iPhone controllers, didn't. I think they really oh. had to allow them... They said, we won't make games for this unless you do it. So now... Now, ta-da, we have PS4 controllers and Xbox controllers, easily usable, What only, you have to have a certain type of Xbox Oh, you're saying ta-da, I thought you were saying the, like a Texas accent, to-die. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> to-die. To-die, no. But, what, do you mean this, what do you mean by a certain type of Xbox controller? Uh, only the ones that actually have Bluetooth, because some of them have a okay. different kind of wireless yeah, protocol. Newer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like for the Elite. I believe it's the Elite one. Yeah. The Elite, and then they, they introduced the Bluetooth controller, I think, a few years ago. Just the yeah. white ones. Yes, it's the Bluetooth. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, I think all DualShock 4s are Bluetooth. For the Xbox One Bluetooth. S, I think, is when they introduced Yes, it. yes, yes. Yeah. That's right. I, some things I was not prepared for is that like these are like console style games and that a lot of them have like fairly long voiced intros mm-hmm. uh they th- most of the ones that i've played have like three save file slots when you open like a, a some yeah. console games do um and i'm not sure that iphone is really the best platform for i think a they're lot really trying to push people towards the ipad yes yeah i think a lot of these are better experienced on the iPad. Also, yeah. the Apple. It's all the beta went live earlier this week. It finally, well, it showed, showed up on the beta for, for Apple TV. Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So, and then later on after that, it'll come it's, to Max. Isn't it Max? Yeah. yeah so yeah. the idea is to be played across the entire system. Yeah, I um. So I think when they announced a lot of these games, I was either. I just had a misunderstanding. When they said exclusive, I thought they were exclusive to this service. And what they actually mobile meant was... Mobile exclusive. It, mobile exclusive. So, yeah, you won't see these on an Android, but some of these... <laughs> what the fuck? Who, 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 has, who is buying more than one mobile device to access exclusives? <laughs> but some of these, like one of the biggest releases of the week, are on other platforms and are yeah. probably experienced... Like yes, Sayonara Wild Hearts, yes. for example, which is very pretty and fun to play, but the whole time I was playing it on my phone, I was thinking, like, a game with this much spectacle deserves a TV. Or an yes, iPad. because I did yeah. not think it was that fun to play, and I was telling you, so A, I did it wrong. I started using I started using touch controls. That you should always start with the, a controller. Yeah, that's not yeah. the way to play that game. I had headphones in, so at least I got the sound thing going. Um, that game... To me, personally, it got better with a controller, but it's still a very... I would say it's a very simplistic runner-slash-rhythm game. It's basically Thumper. Yeah, I've heard it. It's a little bit Thumper. thumper. It's got some bullet hell segment... See, some of the stuff they did, like, later in the game, like, I won't spoil too much, but there's a a VR segment. I wish they would have done more of that. Most of the game is, you know, you're on rails and you're you're Mm -hmm. trying to collect these these hearts or dodge things on almost like a note track, like like a Guitar Hero game or something. Mm -hmm. But then there are segments where they try different things. I wish they would have done that more often. Yeah. Um, I think at its core, it's a very simplistic rhythm game. But, I mean, that soundtrack, dude, I mm. love that soundtrack. I could just listen to that. Um, yeah. It's, I think they're it's doing great. a vinyl version, too. The, the main character is, like, super graceful, like mm. having a ballet dancer jumping around on the back of a motorbike. What was what was that ballet game that came out? I think it was last year or two uh, years ago. It's like the, Unbound, yes, like that. Unbound. I think that's yeah. the one. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's 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 an art game. They call it an interactive music video, and that's probably best how, how to approach this thing. Look, I'll say this: 
I got it for quote unquote free as part of my free trial of Apple Arcade, and I was not disappointed with the price. It was it was very hey, it's it's worth subscribing for that trial just to play that game alone. But um, one game that I, I will say I really loved that I got through Apple Arcade was Grindstone, mm-hmm. yeah, which is by that. it's by Cappy, and it's all about a uh, a barbarian named George whose job is to descend deep into dungeons every day to to mine grindstones, and he does this by chopping his way through uh, little monsters who are all the same color. They're actually like four different colors, nice. but uh, but you have to make paths through monsters that are the same color. If you hit a grindstone while you're making this path, then you can switch to a different color and start making a path there. So it's possible to make like these huge paths through uh, the screen. It it looks like a match three game. Like the basic level view is like a match three game with these little animated monsters. But obviously you can match a lot more than three. And if you make a really big path through them, it's really cool because he just starts slashing away and he goes faster and faster through all the monsters. And, and there are certain monsters that like you have to kill 10 monsters before you can hurt this monster. Hmm. And when it does, then it's guts fly out and you have to go collect its guts. Huh. Uh, like you, you, you're collecting items to craft things later on. You can craft new abilities. So you can say like, okay, well, these monsters in this place that I want to go to. The monsters around it that I can attack are all like in an attack position. So if I end my turn next to them, they're going to attack me. You have a shield that you can use to block those attacks once per uh, level. Um, you can also like fire an arrow. Like I want to eliminate this one monster that's a problem, or, or knock like uh, one number off of his counter so that I only have to attack four monsters instead of five. Whatever before I I kill him. Um, but it's it's hugely addictive. It's a lot of fun, yeah. and I strongly recommend it. By the way, Chris, you laughed a minute ago saying who gets multiple things for play. Android gaming has been catching up. Now I think I- iOS users still spend more money, so it's the better platform. But but, but, but it, if you like games that much, leave mobile. It's nice that you can play it. You can play it on. I mean, you can get it on your iPad, and you know, if you have a case, honestly, that's going to be more with a 9.7 inch iPad on with a game controller in front of your airplane seat. That's going to be more comfortable than a Switch. I'm sorry. Yeah, I and, guess, yeah. but you could still buy every console for the price of an iPad. Well, well no, that's not true. I, I will say one of my disappointments was I. I kind of was buying into the hype that I thought all of these games would be custom experiences that were sort of designed for mobile. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd all be Oceanhorn. Well, but Oceanhorn, I wouldn't say is designed for mobile. Like, I know it's no, been I, on mobile. I can't but, imagine playing it without yeah. a controller. I, I guess that's the point I was trying to get to, is many of these games, like we've talked about, you, you almost have to use controller. Like, I thought, there are some, mm-hmm. I, one, one, one game that I did not enjoy at all, but that Frogger game, it does a neat little trick. It lets you play it either in landscape or portrait view. Yes. It doesn't matter how you twist it. It just changes the, the playing field. And so I'm like, oh, that's cool. That seems like an exclusive thing they did for this. The physics in that game, though, are way off. I, it was like, mm-hmm. I didn't know Frogger could feel that bad, like in terms of like the responsiveness of the control. I think it's trying too much with the physics in the environment, and it's got a cute look and stuff. Um, did you play Dreadnautical? Chris Baker yep. from Zen Studios was on, and yep. mm-hmm. little the tactical tactical strategy game. Right? Yep. Uh, and then I downloaded, but I didn't. I didn't. Have I love time. Pinwall Wizard. That was another nice. one of my favorite ones. I, I um, I didn't get to play Various Daylife. That was uh-huh. that was the um, like Bravely Default people. Yeah. 
And then uh, Shin Sakai was the uh, the Final Fantasy. DLC. When I saw that, I said that sounded like bad translation. <laughs> oh, and one one other game I did get to play. That I mean, the timing is really weird because it kind of segues into the next game. So I played a little bit of Sonic Racing, which is fine. It's Sonic Racing on mobile. Yeah. Like you know, my kids liked it. Mm-hmm. But then to well, as we're recording this today, um, the new this is not part of arcade, but the new Mario Kart iOS game came out. Holy shit, oh, that yes. sucks! And it's just it's well, it's just very <laughs> it's just very weird that those two games they are very similar on this platform. Um, they both came out around you know the same time, and so which one are you going to choose? But uh, I mean, the Mario's free, so there's no use. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm going to bring in. I often bring this up because everybody and it ticked me off so much because Nintendo was trying to introduce a nice model. It was like you got to do with Super Mario Run. It was like you got to do the first world free, and then you got to do the rest of it. Here, this is a benevolent model. You know, for nine for nine ninety nine, you unlock the whole game. You never have to pay. Benevolent. Like, Give us your ten dollars benevolently. That's I'm right. Asking. Instead of making you pay seventy dollars <laughs> for a mobile game, that is, that's the, also that is the, the cheapest wicked, Nintendo game ever made. Yes. Yeah. Sure. But at the same time, for a mobile game. That you pay for nine ninety nine is expensive. Yeah. Well, then I should have brought it down to five ninety nine. I agree. Yes. But instead yeah. of doing that, instead of going in this direction, where you, I'm with you, Lape. I paid that shit immediately. Enjoyed the hell out of Mario yeah. Run, mm. like as a normal game. Whereas in this game, there is a VIP subscription for five dollars a month. You can pay, or, or you can uh, buy Apple Arcade. I, I've only played a little <laughs> bit of it and have not have not hit like a monetization paywall or anything like that. But you can tell that, that stuff is in there. Which is, I guess I'm comparing it to, yeah, Sonic Racing is, it's not free, it's that five bucks a month as part of Arcade, but it has none of that. I mean, that's that's one of the cool things of Arcade, is they, all the games, there's no there's no free-to-play mechanics in all of them. There's no, in- I don't think there's any... There's no ad no. tracking either. Yeah. There's no microtransactions. Yeah. You're it's making all, fun about really the contact information, there's yeah. no tracking, you know, Apple's all about privacy. Yeah. That shit, yeah, that, that's, it's fascinating that because of whatever the fuck Apple has done, which is overcharge for its products forever. <laughs> but but that's that's Can led them to like to. yeah. It's it's and I, I'm the I'm the guy wearing the Apple Watch right now. Like it's it's, it's led them to be the privacy kings, and because my my dad just downloaded something on his Android that took over his entire phone. Yep. Like didn't know what it did, and uh, that shit doesn't happen with Apple. And I'm sorry, I, I never got to talk about this, but like, it, it, and I didn't read any articles about it, but like. Is this is Apple Arcade like a loss leader to drive people to Apple TV? Well, and that that's yeah, I, it, it would be one of the best platforms to do it. And I think that you know all, what Apple Apple is trying to get build interest in Apple TV in two ways because you have Apple TV Plus coming on the horizon, which is going to be their original programming and stuff. And then you'll have Apple Arcade, so you have two reasons to get one, which is funny because they didn't release a new one not yet. Anyway, I uh, think it's hard to call a five dollar monthly subscription a loss leader. Like over time. I think they plan on making that money back. Yeah, up yeah, front, but, I'm but sure it's, they had it's to put still, out It's, it's offering like a, a Microsoft Game Pass, but it's all, like there aren't 60 games on Microsoft Game Pass. It was immediate. And, 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 and I, it, I'm just saying for me, I have always thought from the beginning, Apple TV is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. But it's finally and now I want it. It's, it's, it's going, yes. And, and the last thing I want is their stupid video service. What do they call it? Like, Apple uh, TV like, Plus. I'm not interested in like, it either. What is it, 10 like, like, Well, I, what was the word for it? Like, bad NBC is what yes. they're calling it. Because <laughs> they don't want to curse and they want to make family horse shit. And yeah. they want you to pay $5 a month for like two, like like a handful of shows. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think... But now I'm looking at it. I'm looking, and when I looked at my social feed, there's a bunch of people picking up Apple TVs for the first mm-hmm. time because you know the UI is going to be great. 
And Except now it has remote. a function beyond being yet another <laughs> streaming device attached to your television. The remote is the most abominable thing that yeah, Apple ever made. Yeah, a lot made. of people do not like that remote <laughs> at all. Um, any, any, any other arcade games you guys um, try I, out? I guess, like? you know, I was going to say, like, if we can maybe go around just say, like, a couple of our favorites. Like, I uh, I enjoyed Sayonara Wild Hearts. I love Grindstone, and I really like Leak Sword. Oh, yes, we were talking about that. Yeah, yes, Leak Sword is, like, this weird uh, ancient throwback with like graphics that look like what, what is it supposed to look like like zx spectrum commodore 64 yeah, something like, like that it's it's like the super simplistic like stick figure graphics but uh but all done in like 3d so it's it's like a quasi a pseudo throwback thing but uh it looks really cool i encourage you to look it up on youtube or something and see if it looks like it's for you yeah i mean i i wasn't a huge fan of cyanide wild, wild hearts but i do think you need you should experience that game. Yes. It's very short too. Mm-hmm. We should say it'll take you an hour and a, maybe an hour and a half if you play all the way through. Um, and then uh, I like that someone brought back Choo Choo Rocket, yes. <laughs> uh, and and I think puzzle games play perfectly on iOS devices. So mm-hmm. so that's unless one. they're Doctor Mario and they suck balls <laughs> for touch interface. Yeah, uh, iOS is that is a good platform. I mean for for puzzles, you know, that require touch interface. And then uh, Dreadnautical, Dreadnautical. Mm-hmm. Check that out. What the golf but, is good. You, yes, you I've heard. Yeah. I've heard that's like Donut County. Yeah, it's kind of like bit. Donut County Ooh, of golf. Okay, that's you really have good. my attention. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's reverse Donut County. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, a bunch of other stuff came out, not for iOS. Uh, Zelda: Link's Awakening was probably the biggest thing from last week that wasn't called Apple Arcade, and uh, I've been playing the crap out of it. I love it. Yeah, it is a faithful a, a faithful recreation. Of Zelda: Link's Awakening, a game which I never played. <laughs> See, I didn't either, but I want to play this. Yes, so it's I've so good. It's yeah. it's really fun. It's really everything's like super fine tuned. Um, the dungeons are a joy to go through. It feels very very slow. Yeah, there's there's some frame framiness issues I hear, but I, I'm sure that'll get patched. So. I've heard that. I haven't run into similar problems myself. I have. I have docked and undocked huh. massive frame rate issues, and I've never experienced that with a first-party Nintendo game before. It's it's strange. I wonder why that is. That's weird. Uh, I, did you do download or cartridge? Download. I did cartridge. Ah, uh-huh. with it. I can't again. So I can't not do Luddites. that because. And if I haven't said that before, take my advice. Uh, mm-hmm. I hate Walmart and I'm morally opposed to them. But keep going because ev- they do not have a Switch game that is over forty nine dollars. Oh None. Oh, that's, was that your name. country version of the uh, take, take my, my advice? advice. It was like Randy Travis sings. Take my advice. Save little money for rainy day. <laughs> Sorry. Now grab your wife and hit her right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's there's one word that comes to mind every time I see footage of this Zelda game. This game is twee. Like yes. oh, it is twee totally as twee. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a picture next to the word twee. In the, well, I will say this: anymore, there has never ever been an experience I've had like this in my life, where I went out, I played this game for a few hours, and then. Was getting something to eat and like, I need this amiibo. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. the, I love the way this looks so much, and yeah. I love the way the sh- it's it's the shiniest amiibo ever. It really is. It looks th- this game looks like an ad for amiibos. Yeah. Like I hate yeah. to say it, but it's and the, the, uh, the hold that thought. Keep keep talking. The the depth of field stuff is really mm-hmm. interesting. Like the stuff they do. 
just around the edges of the screen, it gives it that what what's that photography technique where it's like where they do that that macro photography thing where it's like they will tilt shift it. Yes, tilt shift. Yes. Tilt shift. It, mm-hmm. the, is that just me, or is that 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 kind of what? This, no, no. This N- Nintendo's been pioneering that since the Wii U, but it's like it, it's this odd thing I think that makes their their games look a little more next gen than next gen systems, uh, because it, it 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 allows a focus. It's doing something games couldn't do before, and and something I haven't seen other games do that well. But like Pikmin does it. Uh, Mar- Super Mario 3D Land does it. World did it. Yeah, uh, and and most Nintendo games do it now. It's really neat. I love the process. Michael just brought in an amiibo. I guess he's asking me to steal. Is is <laughs> yeah? No, that that was clearly the intent. He's like, hey, Tell Matt, me you didn't take it. You've out of the never box. stolen anything in your life. Now's a good time to start. I took it out of the box, Chris. <laughs> it's unboxed. Boxes are a fucking prison. <laughs> I say this I as a collector. I haven't bought an amiibo in like in like a year, mm. and I was ecstatic to like, uh, yeah. To go, well, I saw Amazon was all sold out, so I thought like, oh fuck, does Best Buy have any? Best Buy had millions. Of course they do. <laughs> uh, but amiibos are fifteen ninety nine now, not twelve bucks. So mm-hmm. suck a dick. That's the last one I'll get. And Solid Snake was right there. Yeah, I got one of him. I too. wanted that. But and we, all saw, and we all saw that movie with Tommy Lee Jones, The Small Soldiers. You should mm-hmm. not leave those toys in the box. That just pisses <laughs> them off. Yeah, yeah, obviously. You've seen what happens in it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, that game is, like, if you think about it as this is an extrapolation of what pixel graphics would look like, then it, it makes perfect sense. But, like, the actual game looks like toys running around on mm-hmm. screen. Like the, Yeah, like like you said, Chris, they're all shiny, they're, they're plasticky. Um, and oh my god, it's such an adorable world to get lost in. It looks like like a stop motion game a little bit, a little times. bit, but it moves better yeah, it's, than that. It, its music is the most evolved Zelda soundtrack I can think of. Oh yeah, like it, it, it's the most high fidelity with like I, I can hear every individual instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember getting a that Orchester Zelda CD with a. Jesus, what was the Wii the Wii Motion Plus one? Oh, uh, Skyward, Skyward Sword. Sword. Skyward Sword. Best and it's, not to it, talk about that abomination. Hmm. <laughs> but they, that wasn't the type of music that was in the game. Uh, and this this music is like, I don't know, it feels oddly... In, it, well, it's the way Nintendo's been enhancing its approach to music in general since like Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Like, just that, like, oh, I can tell this is a real band. Yeah. And yeah. cost a lot of money. And I think my favorite moment in it is actually... Um, so, you know, you get used to, after playing for hours and hours, you hear the, like, the... The overworld music, you're, you're used to it. And then there's a part where you have to meet up with Marin, the girl, and uh, she'll follow you back to the animal village, which is like on the other side of Koholint, the island. And while she's following you, the music switches to like this... I'm not sure how to describe it. Sort of like a woodwind, like a train whistle version mm. of the uh, of the the overworld train, theme. Are you going to give me some spirit tracks? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that Marin but it's was like, a girl, and you didn't. We're talking about Mark Marin. I'm, t- I'm talking, talking about Marin. Cheech Marin. Yeah, Cheech. Oh, Cheech, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cheech hey, Marin. Man. As we like to say. Mm. Uh, but the well, when I say train you got whistle, a compass, man. 
<laughs> you know how you go to like craft fairs and like, oh, somebody's carved this piece of wood into like a, a train whistle thing. Yeah, it's, man. It sounds like it's being played on that, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. man. Why are we talking? That's I'm, Chong. I'm being Chong, man. You're being his partner. Chris is already Cheech, man. I'm not going to take oh. his deal, man. Right. Yeah, he thinks he's going to get called out because we're doing a Cheech Marin impression, man. It's 2019. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Zelda's really good. You should all be playing it if you have a Switch. It's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful game. Well, but, one of the criticisms I've heard, though, is people are like, I paid $60 for a game that was on Game Boy, but they've they've added beautiful. a ton of content, yes, they've, right? There, there's, a, there's a bunch of new cool stuff. Uh, some stuff has actually disappeared. Like, there's no more mouse photographer from the DX version to show up and document your adventures. Instead, you have Dompe whose house is in the same spot. And uh, as you make your way through the game, you will collect uh, rooms, basically, that you can use to create new dungeons. And so you build your own dungeons, you adventure through them, you get cool loot, uh, you get uh, monetary rewards, and uh, you can, if you use the amiibo, you can share your creations with other people. That's what the amiibo does? Allow, like, yes. a, a share function to take place? Holy uh-huh. shit. Yeah. One of the other That's collectibles awful. I hear this has <laughs> is um, is a nod to Mario, which the original had some crossover with Mario enemies where there's, yes, like, Mario collectibles. Yes, it had hell of uh, crossover. Well, there, there are, like, I think in the original there was, like, a Yoshi doll that you could get mm-hmm. uh, at, at, in the crane Got game. It. And uh, now they've added a bunch more. There's, like, a Goomba collectible. Uh, there's Bow Wow and Chow Chow collectibles. There's Boo collectibles. Yeah, there's a bunch of Mario enemies in the game. They all have like little collectible figurines that you can get. And scattered around uh, Mabe Village are a bunch of little stands for them. So you have to figure out like, okay, where does this go? Who in whose house do I put this? And then you you go there, you find it, and you put it in place. Uh, what kind of surprises me is that Nintendo still has the rights to the. Uh, the Professor Wright or Mr. Wright character. So he was, if you ever played SimCity SimCity for Super Nintendo, there's a character in there, Professor Wright, who is based on Will Wright, creator of SimCity. But he's like this little dude with like a a Hitler mustache and green hair, like Dracula hair. (laughs) He looks like like, uh, if if Rick Sanchez and Einstein had a baby. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But he appears in he appeared in the original Link's Awakening, and he appears here. And uh, his whole deal is that he he likes to write letters. Specifically, he likes to write and receive love letters from a woman in the animal village who is also a goat. Animal Crossing reference, <laughs> yeah. Well, th- there's a there's a heavy Animal Crossing vibe in this game. Totally. Like it, it it sort of has oh, yeah. that kind of more. I don't want to say sedate, but it's it's kind of like a calming feel. No, no, it took me a really long time to to cope with how slow you move in this game. Hmm. And, and, and like, but you know, but again, Zelda, this game has another hook uh, that, in addition to what Michael talked about, and that's it's a Zelda game a lot of people didn't play. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now I get to play it, that's and I, I've amazing. always wanted to play it. I've tried to play it, and I and I have never been able to get through it. Yeah, mm. it's hard to get into it on an emulator um, right. for, for whatever reason. Mm. Check that's out totally this, true. Yeah. Check out this segue. So speaking of other games a lot of people didn't play, mm-hmm. the Hitman revival. Not a ton of people uh, played those oh, games. Yeah. 
But this week, there's a game inspired by those games. Oh, is there? Untitled Goose Game. Ah, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to go there. I love Untitled Goose Game Everybody so much. Tell, tell me about it. Is everything it. I wanted, except I maybe wanted it to be a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so, Untitled Goose Game is a wonderful game where you are a horrible goose, and uh, your mission is to terrorize a quaint English village. By going around and uh, just messing with people, you have a list of objectives in each area that you have to accomplish from stealing food to stealing keys to making people trip and fall down. Uh, that is actually one of my favorite things. There are at least two people in the game where you can uh, bend down low and bite their shoelaces to untie them, and then you make them run, either by honking to scare them away from you or by entering their pub to make them chase you. <laughs> Little do people know, this is the most realistic game ever created. These <laughs> are dicks. These are giant dicks. dicks. Yes. They are the worst. And you are you are the biggest dick. You're you're yeah. You you go on a campaign of terror. You start arguments between people. You wreck things. You uh you steal things. And your whole like mild spoiler for the ending. Your your ultimate goal is to enter a a model of the village. And uh, steal the uh, the model of the church bell, which you apparently have done many times before because you start the game standing next to a pit that is full of bells. <laughs> Goose, man. Just, can I go on record and just establish VGA is an anti-goose podcast? <laughs> we, we are we are pro-goose here. And well, pro-untitled geese. Ah, yeah, it's, for it's sure. Just, just the one goose. Uh-huh. All but, the rest, but real, real geese are dickheads. Geese. Yes, you know, goose, goose, goose and Top Gun was great as well. So sure, two, yeah. two real geese. Geese, mm-hmm. geese from uh, S&K's geese and, and fuck Arthur geese. geese. While we're at it. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're at three. We're at three. I have nothing in particular against that man. I was joking. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really love Untitled Goose Game. It's relatively inexpensive. It's very short. Uh, you can probably play through it in a couple of hours, and then there are a bunch of bonus objectives if you decide that you want to do more. And it's really just about like, oh, here's a bunch of other ways to fuck with people that you maybe didn't think of. You can go do them yeah, now. It, it does. It sounds like it's channeling Hitman a little bit, and that like, it might seem short, but then there's other ways to go about solving some issues. Or yeah. Well, you're not really solving issues so much as creating. Creating. Them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but like, yes. for example, there's like an old man who's just trying to play darts outside of a pub. And you can, uh, th- these are actually objectives. You need to pull his stool out from under him as he's trying to sit down so he falls on his, on his butt. Dick move. When, he, when he does fall, you can snatch his hat away and run off with it and hide it somewhere. That's a good way to shatter an old guy's hip. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, you can also honk when he's about to throw his dart. So he, he throws it wrong and it ends up breaking the dartboard. You can steal his harmonica and run around honking through it. It's, just, it's it's such a fun anarchic little game, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, I I have a uh, this is a dumb story. You can cut it if you want because it has nothing to do with the game. But it was just that the, uh, I was uh, seeing someone who has hasn't played a game in like thirty years, mm-hmm. and like this this game had penetrated like the Reddit community where like everyone was paying attention to it. Sure, and she was always like, "You know, games. Please tell me when this game's come out." And I hadn't talked to her when this game is coming out, and I hadn't talked to her in a while. And I sent her a message like, hey, Untitled Goose Game is out. I told you I'd tell you. And she sent me a text message back saying, hey, never text me again. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 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 
Oh man, that took an Inite Shyamalan type twist. Wow. So that, so that, okay. so that's, that marred my experience with the game. Um, let's talk about talk about more games because there's a shit ton. Yeah, there are. Really Contra are. Rogue Core. Hmm. Oof! I watched a lot of this gameplay. Uh-huh. This is embarrassing. Sa- sounds about like what you should do with this one is watch a lot. of I mean, yeah. you don't have to watch much of it because it it all looks the same, especially especially your gun overheating, your gun overheating and contra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what? well, I mean, number one, it's it's like a top down twin stick shooter, which that's fine. Contra's done that before. Yeah, Neo Contra was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the overheating mechanic is not so great. Uh, no, this is a bullet hell game based yeah. on shooting things shooting at you. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone think that a cooldown? Now, is it every gun that has a cooldown? Uh, yes, every well, it's it's that it has a heat meter and it builds up if you shoot for a few seconds, and then if you if you max it out uh, without like stopping or anything to let it cool off, then you can't shoot anything for like five seconds. And I watched uh, Jim Sterling's critique of this and uh he he mentioned that like you know this might be to encourage you to switch to a sub weapon but if you're carrying a, like a chainsaw or something else as your sub weapon and all your enemies are far away this just leaves you unable to attack anything yeah just what you want to do in a shooting game right <laughs> yeah it was bizarre it reminded me i remember i was super excited for uh sega's return to this franchise that i loved alien storm Remember mm. Alien Storm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And then they brought it out for Wii with like a twin. It was a twin stick shooter. Used the nunchuck and then po- tried to point in the direction with a Wii remote. And it like, to me, it looks just like that. And it reminds me of the pain I felt playing mm. that game. Yeah. I'll say this: Blazing Chrome is a very good game that came yes. out recently. Okay. Well, th- I don't think Contra can survive in any modern capacity. So, it, it maybe it's a valiant effort. I don't think so. But because uh, but they, they've done everything they could with the Contra franchise. Contra Four is great. Uh, Hardcore Rising is great. Yeah. But the public didn't want it. So what are you supposed to do? I, I actually think the industry is going to catch up. Where I could see Contra games surviving on like a Game Pass subscription type service, like those Maybe. type of quick games that take a few hours to beat, not a ton of pro- you know uh, production budget or anything because you know they're not they're not a ton of game there. No, th- we we haven't even really like dug deep into that, but like. When we start talking about subscription passes, we might be able to start talking about these franchises again, the way people talk about the Twilight Zone or Friends and like about these these 20, 30-year-old things that people discover through streaming platforms as part of their subscription yeah. and end up becoming beloved by an all-new generation. Yeah. Right now, they're just locked behind paywalls. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. That would be that would be really fun. Wow, real quick, the reviews are brutal. That just yeah. yeah. Real, real quick, we're just going to brush over them. That there's a bunch. Speaking of games beloved by a new generation, a lot of old CRPGs and Dragon Quest games came out on Purpose. Switch and, and other consoles. So a lot of the uh, the uh, Planescape Torment, Icewind Dale, Baldur's Gate games, all they all came out on Dang. on all of the consoles. And then a bunch of Dragon Quest games came to Switch, as nice. well as Ori and the Blind Forest is on Switch. If you have not played that game, it's so beautiful. Do not sleep on that game. Mm. It is so good. L.A. I love the name Chris gave it. I'm always going to call it this. L.A. Noir VR. Uh, Noir It <laughs> came to VS, PSVR, uh, which I didn't realize that game's been out since like late 2017 on PC or another VR really? VR version. 
Yeah, the VR thing has been out a while. Wow, I, I had no idea, but I, like, I, I love L.A. Noir and wanted a reason to rediscover it, and that might be it. Oh wait, I did know that, and I thought from from the previews that it was just going to be like the interrogation scenes. I'm like, eh, man, it's just them bringing the P the PC thing to PSVR. But like the it it isn't just the interrogation scenes. There's also action sequences. And There's also exploring the crime scene yeah, yeah, yeah. and picking stuff up. Code Vein came out. So, goth anime Dark Souls, from what I've read. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, confession to make. Every time you were talking about the darts in there, I was trying to think of a good Dart Souls joke. <laughs> so, there it is. Uh, and then The Surge 2, speaking uh, of Souls-like games. So, uh, yeah, more more uh, robot suit uh, Souls-y. Robot game. Souls. Robot you, Souls. You, uh, interesting. Like, I, I played a bit of The Surge 2, and yeah. I think I must be missing something because the very first boss-like challenge that I met. I, he kept killing me, and I had to replay the early section about four times before giving up. Sounds like a Souls-like. Yeah, interesting uh, variation on that. In Like, you know how with most Souls-likes, you, uh, you die, you lose all your shit, and you have to do a corpse run to get it back. Uh, this time around, you have a timer. You have, like, oh, a, wow. a limited amount of time, I think about two minutes, to, to run back to where your corpse was. Every enemy you kill on the way there adds, like, 20 seconds to the timer. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, I think in terms of Dark Souls, like, just your shit lying there and you can just be careful the whole time and not con- confront anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of pu- it's kind of pussy. Hmm. Well, the whole <laughs> conceit about the Surge games, too, is that you, you take enemies' body parts, right? And you mm. use it to upgrade your own mm-hmm. robot. I will say this about the Surge. It is the best game series that simultaneously sounds like a 90 soft drink and a laundry detergent. Yes. <laughs> 90 soft drink. Someone has not gotten to pick up their Impossible Whopper because there's brand new flavors of Surge oh. exclusively at Burgers. Ooh, I've right. tried them. Tried them. It is, it is the best video game to be played on my favorite German crypto drama, Dark. <laughs> Great. Uh, gooey Grape Surge is uh, the saddest way I've ever attempted suicide. <laughs> 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 What's sad about it? Yeah. It's right there. It takes, like, it takes like six cups. <laughs> is that is that it for new releases? That is a lot of new releases. Oh, my God. Three uh, new Surge drinks, people. Three. Yeah. <laughs> Three. And diet varieties or no? No. No. That's the idea. They, Calorie count. They have now. that machine. You can get any soda you can imagine in those Burger King machines. It's yeah, magical. It's any soda from around the world. <laughs> can be yours if you deliver the seventh guest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's, all, right, that's all the on. releases. Sony had a state of play. Oh, this yes, weekend, they did. And they made a few announcements. Um, let's start with the biggest. So, The Last of Us 2 got a release date. Yay! February 21st, 2020. It's right around the corner. We're in, almost done with this decade, man. In that, that's called a very action-packed trailer. Uh, we got a lot a lot of peeks at um, some possible gameplay stuff. We saw a horse. We maybe get to ride horses in this. We saw that Dina may, may, may not make it. And Joel's back, baby! Yeah. That choked me up a bit. I Just seeing Joel and realizing that Joel's old model looks younger than me pissed me. 
Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of miles on him. He's actually like 27. Mm. He just looks <laughs> awful. Mm-hmm. Um, Post-apocalypse but- is hard on a lot of people. I mean, Ellie's only seven. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see a lot. Um, one thing, they finally showed the quote-unquote zombie enemies in this one. I, mostly, in most of the trailers and stuff, you'd seen them fighting other humans, mm-hmm. which were some of my least favorite parts of the hmm, original yeah. game. Um, I like the sneaking around zombie stuff, and so they did show a few of those enemies. But again, the trailer was super action-packed. Um, looked a little different, too, than that E3 thing they showed where like everything was... was destructible and you can interact with it in that where they were fighting in like a gas station or a liquor store or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, ambitious. Huh? Yeah, whereas this this seemed a little bit more straightforward video gamey. You're shooting some dudes that are coming at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also much shorter than the previous trailers. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's just nice that the thing finally has a date. Good to see Joel. Mm-hmm. Just get here already. There's not much to say else about The Last of Us 2. It's... It, it is weird that they took an entire generation, like one of maybe the game of last generation, which but was kind of a, the nice little, you know, a parting shot to the last generation. Yep. The the sequel will be the parting shot to this generation. So. Huzzah. Humanity was a game that they, they debuted there, which uh, had a cool trailer. Looks like oh, there's a lot the going huge on. manatee. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of people moving on the screen at once. Mm. It's, uh, they showed a new Wadham trailer. And that Wadham or Watum? Uh, it doesn't wa- matter. It's a <laughs> question. The, the, the host of the show said Watum. Okay. But then everyone else I've talked to about that game calls it Wadham. Mm. What Tom's? <laughs> Why? Because they want it to sound like the space between an old man's dick and balls. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a Minecraft developer situation here. What is the um... Mojang? Oh, Mojang, 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 or Mojang situation? Yes. Um, but that's coming this December. Uh, they showed, they didn't talk much about it, but they showed a Space Channel 5 VR game called Kind of Funky News Flash VR. Hmm. They had revealed this before, but I, it kind of flew under my radar. But the game has players taking the role of Lou and Key, rookie reporters working alongside Lala. So, yeah, that's coming to VR. They showed a story trailer for Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which right. is funny because last year was the year they were like, yeah, we don't have a campaign. We're just doing multiplayer. Mm-hmm. This year, they're like, oh, shit, we need a campaign. Yeah. They showed a really fun trailer for Civ Six, which is coming mm-hmm. to PS4. Um, which After Michael, Switch. Michael, you pointed out, has already been on Switch. Yeah. That, that shocked me. Um, they showed off a new PS4 Pro bundle, the mm. Death Stranding bundle. I kind of want it. I it's got a transparent controller. It, well, transparent pea-colored controller. It, it's, <laughs> it's the, the color of the, the the container those the BBs are in. Yeah, right? plus it's basically what the it's a special edition that's actually a PS4 Pro. Yeah, it's a where Pro. It, they've it's always right, done yeah. like the Slims before, and but until it's now. got like it doesn't look great. It's white, which is cool. It's, it's got, got handprints hand on it, man. Yeah, weak, dude. That's the problem. You get your kids to do those. <laughs> if I wanted a console that might, yeah, that had handprints on it, I have my kids just put their hands on the consoles. Who are we kidding? We'll play it. Uh, <laughs> Medieval got a surprise demo that's available now. Yes. If you play that demo, you unlock a new helmet when the full game comes out October 25th. Uh, and then, you know, they showed Last of Us 2. Um, they announced the October PlayStation Plus games are going to be Last of Us Remastered. So if you haven't played that, now's your chance. Mm-hmm. And then one of my games of the year, and this is all I'll say about it because I know you guys don't like talking about this, but MLB The Show 19 you're, you're is, right, coming, we don't it's coming for free. <laughs> uh, that is, don't sleep on that game. Dude, didn't we all grow up, though, playing video baseball games? Like No. 
No. No. Nice. I did. RBI I'm, baseball, baby. I RBI baseball, Tommy Lasorda baseball. I loved him. Tommy Lasorda baseball is my favorite ugly cover of all it time. Is the that worst. is a giant old man's <laughs> head. It is and he so plays bad. for this. He plays for the Louisiana Segas. It's really bad. But <laughs> um, but yeah. So the, so that was all the news they showed at uh, their version of Direct, um, the state of play. Microsoft also uh, had their own inside Xbox. Uh, I think it was later the same day. Um, they announced some new Game Pass games, but I think these are things we knew were coming. So Jump Force, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and Lego Worlds are being added. On the PC side, we're getting City Skyline, Saints Row 4, Bad North, and Dirt Rally 2.0. What else? They, they announced a bunch of indie games coming. I know, I know, but I, I still, all I want to talk about is Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, and the idea that, like, I paid full, pli- full price for Bloodstained mm. yes. and like had some issues ago. with it. Two months ago, yeah. and now I now it's set in my mind. Hey, maybe wait. Yep. Maybe wait, and don't buy that yet. Weren't most of the bugs on Xbox also? Oddly enough, I'm doing that with lots of games. Like all those, maybe it's the Mega Man collections being there that have conditioned me. But like the the Castlevania collection, the recent Contra collection that came out, I'm like, you know, I bet those will be on Game Pass in another month or two. I should just wait for those. Like it's 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 so weird because I had that talk with uh, my buddy Adam. If you heard him on Laser Time, just like. Uh, I don't know what system to get those games on mm. because a part of me wants to download them on the switch and a part of me wants to get a physical version that I can put on a shelf and uh, put candles around because I love them that much. <laughs> uh, but like that's two different things for two different collectors anyway. Well, you won't be able to put a physical version of the uh, X cloud games because they announced an X cloud beta test that starting in October, you do need an Android phone to try it out though. So, uh, hmm. Look forward to that, Android owners. Looks like I won't be trying that. (laughs) Um, Hey, Leifi, this is one that I know you'll know about. So Atlas, that pirate MMO game uh, that went into early access last year, is going to be coming to Xbox One on October 8th. (laughs) A friend of mine was watching this, and he's like, how is this different from Sea of Thieves? like, it's an MMO! Like an actual MMO! What does that even mean nowadays, though? Like anything that's massively multiplayer? It means a persistent world with like hundreds of players at a time. Guess and it looks a little bit more realistic and yeah it's yeah uh, they did announce a couple new uh, hardware bundles as well maybe not as exciting as the Death Stranding P controller ones uh, Xbox <laughs> One X and One S uh, they had a Forza Horizon Four bundle and that comes with Thanks the Lego no Speed Champions expansion very nice um, let's see they showed a bunch of other trailers in there stuff for Outer Worlds which is coming next month uh, After Party which is that game where you're like takes place in hell and yeah that was part of the uh playstation presentation too yeah yeah and it looks interesting i i I sort of like the idea of like oh, a couple of college kids who've known each other their whole lives died and they're in hell together and they need to out drink satan in order to get out uh there's a new hitman 2 haven island expansion which is available earlier this week so go pick that up uh don't sleep on hit on the hitman games they're awesome Mm. Uh, that was kind of it from the microsoft show Here's kind of a funny story. So it's funny but sad. If you loved Fallout 76 or the Fallout series, <laughs> say so no great. more. And you really just wanted to really experience it, maybe around the time that game came out, you might have ordered the collectible Power Armor helmet. Well, you got to turn that thing back in because it's been recalled due to mold issues. <laughs> So we're talking like probably a very expensive, very nice yeah. model helmet. 
that just I'm guessing people were putting them on and trying to wear them, and I'm guessing the moisture from their breath was causing the stuff in there to grow mold. Ma- ma- what if I put it on when I bought it and I haven't taken it off since? Well, is there still hope for me? I mean, I keep telling you that sounds really bad in the mic, and you should. Uh-huh. You should uh, yeah, yeah, that's the reason why I sound terrible. No other reason. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just yet another in a long line of basically tragedies it's for so Fallout. Cringy, guys. <laughs> it's so bad. They just can't they can't get a break. Like Todd Howard sitting here like praying like God, come on. <sighs> yeah. Uh, hey, did you guys see that new box art for the Final Fantasy 7 remake? Yeah, I did. Well, don't worry if you didn't because it looks just like the original Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 yeah. box art. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, well, one thing the Kotaku did point out, nowhere on that box does it say part one. <laughs> hmm. That's a little... Maybe they need to add that. Maybe. Because this is kind of supposed to be part one of a much longer string of games. So, just saying. They didn't tell you what part it was for Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. People hmm. will figure it out. And the next, the next episode will just be Final Fantasy VIII. And it'll be confused the shit out of everyone. <laughs> Final news story. French courts uh, basically ruled that Owners can resell their Steam library games. Mm-hmm. Won't do. Which Steam is, of course, appealing. Yeah. That could carry huge ramifications throughout all digital game sales. Well, funny you should mention ramifications. I learned about this by watching the Twitter account of developer uh, Rami Ismail. Okay. And he talked about it and he was saying, like, this could have. Huge implications, not just for Steam, but also for the entire game industry. Yes. yes. As everyone scrambles to try and, uh, you know, adapt their games to things like we'll see a huge push toward live games, which are exist in part to discourage piracy and to keep people right. playing. Which we, it's not like we haven't already seen that huge push toward it. Yeah, but okay. a bigger push. Okay. Um, but then. I, I think he calmed down a bit when someone pointed out, and it's like, this doesn't necessarily say that Valve has to create an infrastructure for people to sell their games. It just means that Valve can't get in the way if right. someone wants to, say, sell their Steam account. Well, actually, what, what I was thinking at first, people were like, oh my god, this spells doom for Valve. No, because what they would do, they would set up that secondary marketplace, they would get a cut of all yes, of those results. So Valve will be fine. It's the publishers that would get fucked because they would see none I'm of that. I'm shocked they haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you can you can literally sell anything else on Steam. Well, you, well, the, oh, the other thing they ruled is that you have to be able to cash out your Steam wallet, mm. which is that is bad for Valve because mm. there's a lot of people that just there's all these there's all these illegal secondary marketplaces where you can go cash out for real world money and, and exchange stuff on the Steam marketplace, but it's supposed to be. All that stuff you get, all those collectibles, you're supposed to either keep or trade with other people. You're not supposed to be able to like get money, money for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you get Steam bucks, like Disney dollars. Yeah, but itchy and scratchy dollars. My Steam account is biz- I rarely log into Steam because I use my computers only for editing bays at this point. Yeah, but if I see a sale and like I don't want to, I don't want to reset up my PS3. Yeah, I'll pick that up for two bucks. Yeah. So my Steam library is like massive and robust and like the thing I feel like I'll pass along to my children. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, yeah, don't get me wrong. I this keep thing, saying like if I drop dead, Diana, sell my Steam account. <laughs> it's like, worth thousands. Like this is great news for consumers, yeah. right? It is awful news for the IP holders and people mm-hmm. trying to sell games because like like I said, the publishers themselves would see none of that resale money, you know? I guess, but how, how? Like when I die, let's say four years from now, <laughs> how much is my how much is my RuneScape save going to be worth? 
So I think the, the way I, I don't know that this holds up in court because um, really what they're arguing is you don't own anything. You're you are leasing a license to play that game when you when you buy a digital version of a game. We've talked about according, it on show according times. to Steam EULA and like that's not necessarily legally binding as they move forward and they do different things with your money. Uh, that's just rules that they set up that don't really they don't they don't account for uh, any any specific territory laws and the, I think the French are allowed to redefine that uh, America is allowed to redefine that I this administration will <laughs> probably <laughs> fall back on the people who are the richest mm-hmm. uh, they will win whatever argument this is but uh, but no yeah I, I know what you're saying that, that you're technically leasing a game from Steam but that's not what their service is offering. And I think it'd be hilarious if they instituted a rule that your Steam account's deactivated when you die. Because Facebook should do that now. <laughs> well, they have those legacy accounts on Facebook, mm. right? When people die. You can convert it to a memorial page. I don't know. This kind of Note, ticks me this off. person is dead. Do not allow notifications. <laughs> I am okay with selling the accounts. But the yeah, if it's individual games... Screw that. Trolley French. I think there'd be a yeah. lot... Well, I think there'd be a lot to figure out in terms of... How do you regulate against like a gray market that would then start to exist? And this is why you're able to say they have all this cheap Steam sales and stuff is because they yeah. know it's not going anywhere else. So goodbye to that, too. I see, Michael. I thought where you were heading with the Rami oh, stuff. Oh, damn. Is, I didn't think about that. Uh, well, one thing I, I thought it would point people toward is is more games would be included in these subscription-like services. Because yeah. yeah. you know, as a publisher, you'd say, all right, yeah, we're not able to kind of make money on PC from selling these games as much, and but on the I subscription, feel, I feel thing. like that might be where the market is headed. But then I wonder, like, how is that a sustainable model for developers? Yeah, yeah, and well, that's I think, what I'm I think it's about more Apple Arcade. How much money are they going to be able to make and pay back to developers? Because mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about those microtransactions and stuff, that's probably still the best way to actually make some dough. And well, so, yeah. I mean, it comes up a lot because people compare it with the music industry, mm-hmm. which yeah, yeah, but, they, but that's the but that's, it's the only way for iOS developers to make money because because uh, the iOS store has made it so people don't refuse to pay for games. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, but. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the Game Pass or Netflix model is based on people being. I think they waive their back end deals and they get paid up front as if their game was profitable, and they're all very happy. But yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting that so like okay, so shots fired. Let's see where this goes, uh, and as the story develops. But I mean, that is. That, that news story kind of flew under the radar, but it's like, mm-hmm. that could mean that's very big. big things for this industry. Yeah, I missed that. That's big news. Yeah, yeah. I missed it too. Like, I, I didn't I didn't see that at all, but that's that's fascinating because I, I, I don't understand why. I figured Valve would, would have instituted that in the next three years anyway. I mean, it, it's all rolled in for consumer protection. One of the other things that they ruled on is like, if a piece of software from Steam does anything to harm your computer, mm-hmm. then Steam is liable, mm-hmm. which is, so like, you know, if if a game contains a virus or if it, but I mean how that's all open, all kinds of interpretation. Cause it's like, well, wait, if it corrupts your save, does that count? And now do you get to sue steam for a game corrupting its save that's buggy or something? So there's all this kind of stuff that would need to get worked out eventually. But uh, this is, yeah, it's, it's, there's a, there's a lot that this, they've opened a can of worms basically. So hmm. yeah. I mean, it wasn't going to be lollipops and roses forever as as the digital medium move forward. They're going to have to deal with shit like this, and I, I don't feel bad for them at all. All right, that's all the news I had. That's all, all the news right. that's fit to play. Well, let's move on to the question of the week, the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. community. 
Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's a defunct console you'd like to see get the mini treatment next? Uh, Leif, you weren't here last week. Is there one that you'd like to see that happen to? Oh, gosh. Consoles? I don't know. I'm looking through here, and I think you got cut them all. But, you know, I, I was thinking, like, Commodore 64. But you That's know, happened. Made a mini. That it exists. Has happened. It has happened. Yeah. Yes. I know the it's Atari, they keep trying to do it, so... Yeah. Shoot, I, you, let's try the virtual boy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be hilarious. What would, they, what would they be? Just like like a pair of men in black sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'd, I'd love to see those games come back, but they, like, not in the original form because the, I, I, I own God, a virtual yeah. boy. I, I got it like I, I got it like when it was like forty bucks at Target. Oh, okay. And uh, I played the shit out of it, actually. My favorite game was Panic Bomber. And like I, I would like lie on my bed with it like balanced on my face and play for like an hour, and then I'd get up and the entire world would be bright red. Yeah, I would just like to point out Michael has two giant tumors growing. I do, at least <laughs> used to be. He no longer has eyes. It's like those 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 uh, things that parasitize snails. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like that. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, and I did as a sub question of the week. I think I might post something in the Laser Time Facebook community. Uh, I accidentally ordered uh, the Genesis Mini, whatever the fuck that's oh, called. Accidentally, yeah, sure. Well, I like I I was like, oh shit, yeah, and I forgot I pre-ordered it, and like, but it's like after after I got the the PlayStation uh, Mini, and like I don't need this at all. Like this this does no benefit to me at all. Uh, this is the worst way to experience some of these games that I also don't like <laughs> most of them. Uh, most of them on the Genesis collection. However, I, I do like the way I, I had set up my NES and Super Nintendo Mini. And I, what I did, sub-question of the week, I might post something. I would like to see how people are displaying their mini consoles. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, because I would like some ideas. Because like I, I, don't have, I have very limited space um, because this awful house has a built-in entertainment center from fucking 15 years ago. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to do. I, I would really like to... I love the idea of having them all hooked up and playable for all time. Because it's always interesting when I get a new friend like, Oh, shit, is that a Genesis? Like, sort of. Would you like to see it in action? <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I like the idea of them, them all being working at all times. Or like a little tiny mini version of my shelf that's all these old console games. So, I, yeah, I was curious to what your mini console setup look, looked like. Because there's at least... Hmm. Five, five out now? Five mini consoles? Well, anyway, um, on VidgeGameApocalypse.com, Triskitable answered, Game Boy Advance Classic, if only because there's yet to be major handheld re-released as a miniature system. Maybe don't make the GBA any smaller than it was at launch, but with a backlight, rechargeable batteries, and stereo speakers, I'd drop a pretty penny on one. Choice games would include Metroid Fusion, Advance Wars, and Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. Maybe Pokemon Emerald or FRLG, though being a, unable to trade Pokemon up to newer games would be a huge bummer. I think it would be cool to have like a Game Boy micro-sized original GBA that had a backlight and rechargeable batteries. That would yes. be great. But, if I'm being honest, uh, just re-release the Game Boy Advance SP with That's a bunch of exactly games, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. The NES version yeah. specifically, just a bunch of games preloaded on it because that I think is the best handheld ever made. Period. Dude, that was exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, the the Game Boy SP is the most perfect portable system, and yeah. it's it's always smaller than your wallet. 
I remember I waited until the SP came out because every I every time I went into a game stop, mm-hmm. uh, I tried the GBA and I'm like I can't fucking see this thing unless there's a light yeah. shining oh, right God, on it. Oh God, it was horrible. Like, yeah, like trying to find a, a a a light that would work with it and that wouldn't just create. A, now now there's just a, a circle of light in the yeah. middle of my screen and I can't see <laughs> the shit. form factor. Why is Castlevania so dark? People don't talk about it either. The form factor wasn't great. It was some Game Gear looking shit. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not great. And where the, yeah, the SP when I see was, the, the the purple Game Boy Advance, I'm like, how did anyone ever deal with that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I, was, I waited. I waited for the SP, and I did not regret it. Regret it. I, I, I didn't. I just told this story last weekend. Uh, I had a. Uh, I made a new friend, but I didn't realize he was um, a drug addict, and was coming over to my house and stealing my DVDs, like standard definition Warner Brothers Snapcase oh, Matrix wow. DVDs. He didn't even have the decency to steal your HD DVDs. <laughs> no, this is this is before that. This is so much before. Oh, that. okay, okay. What the before fuck was you this? Even 20, was this when we were in college? <laughs> like that's what yeah. my college friends used to do. Yeah, this is like this is like I'm, I'm like 19, and he would uh, he would come over every day, and I, I he was like I didn't know like can I go to the bathroom? And he'd go to the bathroom, and he'd steal like six of my DVDs, and I guess he was like. <laughs> He was Are you getting like them a, in the bathroom. He, he was getting a legit. I, yeah, well, I had so many. Uh, I, <laughs> but it, but I like I don't know why. Like, how much money did you get for David Mamet's State in Maine that I stole from a blockbuster? Yeah, that, is, that, that man is a terrible thief. Well, I, I think it's it's also silly that this was back in a time when like. I think DVDs were the the best currency a white man could afford. Like, the, the, <laughs> it's going to put your kids through college, baby, and uh, and and. And then he, um, and then he got in a fight at a gay bar and got stabbed in the throat and went to jail. And then he converted to uh, Christianity. And then his mother <laughs> sent me a message and like, uh, 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 Daniel is so sorry about what happened, but he wanted to atone in the eyes of God. So here's, and it was the exact amount of cash for a Game Boy SP. My parents wouldn't buy me any portable systems. I couldn't afford any portable systems. And I immediately went out and bought a Game Boy SP with my. DVD blood prison money, and <laughs> yes, okay. okay. I just I just now realized FRLG stands for Fire Red Leaf Green. Sorry, loser. <laughs> no, that's Laser Time Rules. Says, hear me out. Here you go, Michael. But Virtual Boy Mini. Oh, ah, yes. think about it. The whole damn library could be included. All eight games. Use 3DS-esque tech to make it more appealing to the eye over those shitty red graphics or just black and white like the emulator does. Oh, please, make, yes. Make it a strap-on visor like the PSVR. Please, least, anything strap-on. At least give the option for the red. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never thought of that, actually. Like, um, the head tracking of the, the new 3DS could have made Virtual Boy games completely plausible as in, in an mm-hmm. eShop. Still would have hurt the shit out of your eyes. Dude. Michael, can I just have you repeat that line just isolated so I can get that track? Just anything strap on again? Just... No, that was deliberately filthy. Damn it. No, no, I know. I'm just saying I would like to capture that and just save mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, anything strap on, please. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Shove it up my ass. Strap on. Is that what you wanted? You happy now? Nothing Motherfucker. That's what I want. I can't believe it took us 15 years to talk about this. <laughs> As far as the audience is concerned, I don't have an ass. He means anything. That's not true. He's got a Ken doll ass. <laughs> it's a shaded crevasse like where, where an ass crack should be. That's true, yeah. 
Michael does not he does not <laughs> urinate or shit. It's true. It's it true. It all just comes back up through his mouth. It's, exactly. That's I why just, he has the beard. He's I just, just have the, the world's grossest vomit <laughs> twice a day. I gotta tell you, his, his wife is on the latest 30 2010 talking about his ass. So let's see how this really shakes out. Is she really? No, but it's no, the best yeah. plug I could think of <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Greg Moore from the hey, official Greg, thank you, Greg Moore <laughs> from the official Laser Time Facebook community says this should come as no surprise to this should uh, come as a surprise to no one who knows me, but I vote for the Saturn. Great library of overlooked games that are now stupidly expensive. On the other hand, the Saturn is notoriously hard to emulate, so I fear even Sega would be hard pressed to recreate the success of the Genesis Mini. Also, it wouldn't really be worth the trouble unless North America and Europe were also getting Japanese games. The best thing about the Saturn is its vast library of obscure, interesting Japanese games. With the uh, Genesis Mini, I think Sega's did a great job of selecting a mix of flagship titles and lesser-known masterpieces, and the Saturn would need a similar approach, especially since many of its flagship titles are shitty as hell, like Clockwork Night, I'm looking at you. <laughs> In any case, it'd probably be worth it just to give people a way to get Pans of Dragoon Saga for less than $400. Yes, please, all of what you just said. Yes, I sold mine for 170, and and I, I I'm pro- I was probably a little drinkle when I bought my Genesis Mini, but part of that was because the the mini system I'm super excited for is the Turbo Graphics 16 one. I didn't have that system. I yeah, want to be able to play same. those games. Yeah, I never played that either. I, I'm really hoping Snatcher gets patched. I wanted the, <laughs> I wanted to wait till Patcher gets snatched. Yeah, um, that too. That's really dumb. It's far my dad joke. But it was I wanted the Genesis Mini to succeed because more so than Nintendo, I think Sega would jump on this and and continue that. And more than anything, I want a Dreamcast uh, Mini mm. um, with as many. Dream- and Greg's right. I I I chose the Saturn over the the PS One and the N sixty four in a time where I had I was working when I first started working, I had to pay for my own game, so I had to be very careful. With what I bought for the Saturn for the first time in my life, and uh, and and the Saturn is he's totally right about that. Like the the Saturn prioritized the what ended up being the wrong things, but they are they are great games that hold up way better than anything on PS One and N sixty four for the most part. Um, I will say, I will still buy a Dreamcast Mini, but uh, the next best thing is the GDMU. Look it up. Is that the, is that the one with the rotating three D deer? Uh, sure. Sorry, that, that, that was that was. Somebody posted. It's nine nine ninety nine. Happy birthday to Dreamcast. Let's see if you recognize this screen. It was the three D deer. Uh, that was the boot disc that huh. <laughs> that you used to pirate. Seg- <laughs> it was the first system that you could just burn. You could burn their fucking games if they were less than a gig, hmm. and all you needed was this fucking boot disc that you downloaded off the internet. And I thought that was. I thought that was the meanest, most hilarious way to celebrate nine nine. I think all their games. The thing that probably brought that shit down. Well, they they were GD ROMs, which were GD ROMs bigger, but but I had they were one point two gigs. I thought I remember hearing that it's like no, these aren't CDs, so it's not uh, piratable. Like it's its own medium. You had to, you had to pop in a, 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 a disc to boot it up. I remember because when we pirated shit on PS One, I think it was like WWE SmackDown. Uh, 2001. You 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 played one match and got to the uh, credit screen. You you ripped the disc out and you could bypass the PS1's copyright mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> put in any burnt disc you want. 
Uh, this is a real thing that happened. Sorry. Yeah. And, and, and so the Dreamcast had a, a bypass that you could do immediately. And it had a little rotating 3D reindeer. Huh. Um, I forget what it was called. I guess you guys all uh, had rich parents. Cool. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> waited for it to be on fire sale. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of games. $10 jet grind radio. That's what they get for putting a Windows OS on their, mm-hmm. on their console, I guess. <laughs> Tyler Watson says, I would love for a, uh, a mini for the GBA. I'd hesitate to call it the GBA Micro 2, but Micro just seems to fit a mini GBA so well. There's such a great selection of games the big end could throw on there uh, as well. And with some negotiations, maybe some third-party love too. I'd love to see all the Castlevania games. Uh, Golden Sun, Advance Wars, fi- and Fire Emblem games on it. But why stop there? The original GBA could play original Game Boy and Game Boy Color games, so uh, throw in a selection of those classics as well. Tetris, Kirby, Mario Land, Wario Land, Donkey Kong 64, um, Pokemon, Link's Awakening, Shantae, Shantae. All wonderful games to get together in one place. The sad part is I know Nintendo would never do this, but damn, if it uh, wouldn't make them all the money in the world. I don't know that they wouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. I think I, I think the... Their stupid online strategy, which was to... there, No one's paying Nintendo for online gameplay. Who? Who is paying Nintendo $30 a year for online gameplay? I'm, You're paying, I'm paying for access to I'm Super Nintendo games. For- right. Yeah, same. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah so, so I think there is no more money left in charging individually for these games. You need a package or a bundle, and that's what they need. They... Basically, when you get a when you pick up a Nintendo Mini, it's the now that's what I call music of video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These um, games taught us how to live. Yeah. They taught us how to love. Well, two responses to that. Uh, number one, never say never. And number two, uh, Ninja Five O deserves to be on there. And if you didn't play it, you should. I didn't like the first forty nine ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you did. I am the king of dad jokes in this segment. Nice. Patrick Imbo says, I would love Sega Saturn. I, much like Chris, grew up as the sole Sega defender in my group of friends who owned N64s and PlayStations. I adored my Saturn. Dragon Force, Die Hard Arcade, Fighters Megamix, Panzer Dragoon, Albert Odyssey, and my favorite, Shining Force 3, which we only got the first chapter of. There were two more that were Japan only. Ah, it is incredibly difficult to emulate, and I definitely don't own those games anymore, and most haven't been ported. Also, in my dream version, there would be localized versions of Dragon Force 2 and Shining Force 3 Volumes 2 and 3, so I can finally find out what happened to Sin- Symbios and Friends. They knew. Mm-hmm. I never played Albert Odyssey, but I always imagine <laughs> I'm Albert, and this is my Odyssey. This is my Odyssey. <laughs> Rebecca Louise says, I would love a Sega Master System 2 Mini, mainly because it was the only system I had as a kid besides the PS1 and GBA SP. I had a GB Pocket for two weeks before I accidentally smashed the screen so it doesn't count. I'm sorry. The Master System. What parallel universe was Rebecca living in? The Master System doesn't have a lot of games that are actually good, and the best games I can think of are already available on Xbox, Alex Kidd in Miracle World, or 3DS with Sonic, but I just wanted an excuse to talk about the game Transbot, a not-great side-scrolling shooter. (laughs) As far as I know, it's endless, as I remember it cycling through the same four or five different stages over and over until I ran out of lives, but you got to play as a cool red robot who transformed and had different attacks. I don't think it's available anywhere, and probably shouldn't be, but if they made an SMS Mini, I'd be pissed if it wasn't on there. 
Uh, they also graciously included uh, the cover art for that game, which is like, it just every time I see a Master System cover art, I'm just like, which executives like third grade kid drew all of these covers, man? Like it is, they're bad. Mm. The Mega Man art is striking again. <laughs> Over from Twitter, we have Dan Amrick. Who says, uh, Vectrix Mini. Taku writer Dan Amrick? Yeah, yes, the same. The same, yes. Vectrix Mini. So you got Star Trek, Berserk, uh, Mindstorm, Star Castle, Ripoff. But since it's all public domain, all it really needs is um, a handheld vector hardware platform? Yeah, that's the thing with the ve- with vector vector screens. Uh, yeah. Which, if you, if you, kids, if you have not seen one, I hadn't really either, I don't think, until I went to CAX. Hmm. You, like I saw you one at Dan's house for the first time. A vector. You, you think the games you're playing in a, are, are in HD until you see like a vector game? Like this just feels like a laser is firing graphics all over. Yeah, that's what it, it's it's like, what it is. It's, it's a laser's like shooting phosphorus, isn't I, it? I didn't see uh, an Asteroids arcade machine in person until like a few years ago, mm. and I realized like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. Because like when you shoot, it looks like it, like light is actually pouring out of the monitor, and that's not mm. something that modern TVs can easily replicate. But they can't. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, it takes a special a kind of chemical in the screen itself to be mm-hmm. a vector. Thing. Like, I remember playing the original Star Wars arcade vector machine, and it's just like, I still see stars to this day from the shit that thing burned in my mm-hmm. retinas. It's uh, it's the brightest thing you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. But, but gloriously bright. Uh, let's see. At um, Pixamoy on Twitter says, Game Boy Mini with a smaller form factor, kind of like the BitBoy Chinese emulator thing. And OFC with the option to run games with different color palettes. Uh, the games they would choose would be Mega Man 5, Wario Land 2, Donkey Kong Land, Tetris, Gargoyles Quest. I would choose these since Pokemon, Zelda, Mario Land are too obvious. Mega Man in particular would be really good since it's the only entry in the GB games that uses original levels and enemies instead of NES Robot Masters. DK Land as well uses a lot of original ideas. Yes, but you hmm. didn't. You didn't mention Donkey Kong '94, which is one of the best games of all time. So I negate that whole response. <laughs> all right, I take that whole thing back. That's true. We we did not read that on the show. <laughs> no, instead we read Retro Reading Time, who, oh. at Reading Retro, who says everybody retro. else will take care of the obvious stuff. So I'll go for the unexpected, the 3DO Mini. Load it with great titles like Wing Commander 3, M Mercenary, Gex, Lucian's Quest, and Killing Time. It would be the most expensive mini console. <laughs> Trip Hawkins would be proud. Yeah, you can market it as $350. Half price! <laughs> <laughs> we do have a lot of video responses this oh, week. A lot, huh? All right, well, first one is from Michael Donqua at Maximilian on Twitter, who says... Hey there, VGA crew, Maximilian X from Game Rivals here with my answer to this week's question of the week. If I was going to choose anything, honestly, the only logical answer to have a mini I made out of right now would be the Dreamcast uh, for obvious reasons. It's the only one that has a lot of games that haven't been remade or been reissued in any other way. And other games like, for example, Xbox Originals, uh, Xbox yeah, originals and Xbox 360 games and PlayStation 2 games are very easily to get come by and play. So, yeah, Dreamcast would be the obvious one. As to my top five, 
didn't realize this while I was making it until I made the top five, so my apologies in advance. But my top five games for this Dreamcast Mini would be as followed. Power Stone 2, because that is the one with the four-player sure. multiplayer, so it's Take the superior it's version of the two Power Stones. Marvel vs. Capcom 2, because, well, you gotta have Marvel vs. Capcom 2 if you're gonna have a Dreamcast Mini. Hard to argue with. Project Justice, yes. because I love me some Rival Schools, and, well, we haven't had a Rival Schools in years, and hopefully with this, it would actually get a sequel for once. Come on, Capcom, give us a bone here. Um, four would be Psychic Force 2012, which is a wow. 3D space fighter where you're floating around in a cube and fighting other fighters in it. It's kind of weird. Didn't get the best reviews, but honestly, I have personal, you know, I actually have personal experience with the game. Loved it playing it back in the day with my cousin. So that's why. And the last game on here is Techromancer. Yeah. Also a game that I used to play with my cousin a lot because he had a Dreamcast and, you know, he had a lot of games for it. So... Okay. <laughs> so next up is Jesse Moore, who says, Hey, VGA, it's Jesse here. And the uh, question of the week was, if you could have one of those mini retro consoles for something that hasn't been made yet, or something to that effect. Um, uh, Mechel already said a Dreamcast, but, um, but that's my pick too, because the Dreamcast was great. Yeah. Um, the five games, because I like how Brett threw in the five games thing um dynamite cop for sure mm -hmm. i mean great multiplayer game you can beat people to death with fish that's great um <laughs> the first level of sonic adventure um <laughs> maybe that's just a bonus <laughs> uh, skies of arcadia shenmue let's see soul caliber sure yeah. or um Either Soul Calibur or Marvel's Capcom 2, either one. Um, and then yeah, I would figure out some way to put Fantasy Star Online on there and have some kind of online support so you could play with anyone else that had Dreamcast Minis or whatever. Come on, Sega. You want money. The Genesis is printing money. Get some more with the, the Dreamcast. That's coming, Xbox. And uh, thanks for everything. VGA, Laser Time, Cheap Popcast, um, 302010. Um, uh, whatever other shows you guys got coming up. Elm Street uh, I love them all. Bonus time. Hell yeah. Nice. Woo. Woo. Uh, yeah, uh, jo yeah. Joined by Lizzie this week for a full episode. Bring, bring back the 56K modem, Sega. Nobody's using landlines for shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe it'll run faster <laughs> now that no one's making phone calls. One thing I forgot to bring up when we were talking Sayonara Wild Hearts, um, basically the first level of that game plays like the first level of, of Sonic Adventure. Mm. <laughs> like Even with the loop-de-loops and everything. Kind of, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Sayonara Wild Hearts can't be broken. It's about, yeah, you dive your motorcycle into a uh, giant vat of water and go blind. Michael, I was here for you and I got it and you'll go blind. Yeah, thank you. Finally, forum user Turbo Bison says... Hello, VG Game Apocalypse. My name is Travis Foster, and I am also known as Form User uh, Turbo Bison, and I would like to tell you about my favorite mini console. 
So, the mini console is a lot of different consoles. And there's consoles that you can take on the go. And it's mini. But you know what you can't take on the go? That's right. It is the Neo Geo Pocket. So, my answer for this would be the Neo Geo Pocket. Yes. They have such games like Capcom versus SNK. <laughs> Capcom versus SNK Card Battle. And other great Neo Geo Pocket games. So, if you join me in my revolution to bring back the Neo Geo Pocket, we can make this a better world. Thank you, goodbye, and please tip your waiter. Hello, my name is Turbo Bison. Oh no, it's looping. <laughs> Thank you for our user Turbo Bison. <laughs> Why did he read that like Phil Hartman in an infomercial script? It's a bit. It's it would a bit, also be it. good for the environment. <laughs> You're playing Burn Cycle. <laughs> Another game we left out of our top five. I love that he's like, join me in my revolution. <laughs> like, where do I go to protest for that? That's, I'm, I'm there at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so new question of the week. What's a famous game series you would like to play an FMV version of? Uh, for me, this is... So obviously Mario, just because I want to see a decrepit cut rate B <laughs> tier, just like a couple of middle-aged actors slumming their way through these roles, like, oh, Luigi, the princess invited us to a picnic. You're being generous with middle age for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're in their 80s, shuffling around. In seven years, Seth Rogen is Mario Mario. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, Bowser comes out and it's just a guy in a shitty Halloween costume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so long, gay Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I found these mushrooms over here. We should try eating them. That is yeah. the worst oh, Seth Rogen. <laughs> He, he really did. He really did sound like like a giant who's also a pirate. <laughs> giant pirate, Seth Rogen. Just, just imagining the the most nightmarish, like porn level production fusion of like the the live action segments of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show with that terrible movie filmed in someone's basement, possibly a sewer, like Zach and Miri. You know, it'd be like, yeah. Like, Zack and Miri film a live-action Mario game. Oh, boy. Um, so at first, I was going to go obvious answer and say Uncharted, just to see the cheesy dialogue. But then mm -hmm. Uncharted is sort of a playable movie already. Mm -hmm. So, I would like to see Castlevania made in full motion video. Interesting. It already works so well as anime. I sure. cannot that wait to see the creature though. costumes alone in FMV. Mm -hmm. And to see some guy doing the worst special effect ever, like, with the whip, it would be gloriously awful, and I am here for it. Mm -hmm. I would like to see the Craigslist post, because uh, there's an open casting call for only gay men. Uh, <laughs> Castlevania, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Bring your own ascot and cape. Must be impeccably groomed. Yeah. What is a man? Abs are a must. <laughs> what about you, Leif? I am going to say XCOM. XCOM, interesting, yeah, dude. Yes. Yes. What would that even be like? Yeah, because it, 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 yeah, it would be you know it, it, along with the whole you know infiltration and stuff, especially at the beginning. XCOM, any enemy unknown. You know what it'd be like? Aliens without Sigourney Weaver, just a group <laughs> yeah. of like these faceless roughnecks. You, you know what? It, but it has to be based on the uh, the nineties original, where like all the dudes had those like sort of. Parted down the middle skater guile haircuts. 
I think Hand would write it and make a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, dude. You know who who would make a great FMV game? Who? Hideo Kojima. Mm, I bet he would. So it was wanted to be a movie director. It almost feels like every time you play one of his games, like he was forced and like, dude, this has to have some interactive element. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, a strand game, Chris, from strand genre. Okay, yeah. Get with it, man. <laughs> new, new genre, strands. So, yeah, what is a game that you would like to play an FMV version of? Let us know. Go to vidgegameapocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 335. Also, you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or visit us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. So that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Leif, tell us about some stuff that people can read of yours. Yeah, I'm Leif Johnson. Uh, I'm associate editor at Macworld and currently with Apple Arcade out right now. Uh, you know, you can read a lot about my, my thoughts on the games there. I've been writing about it for months, really. And, uh, you know, I'll start doing a roundup of some of the best new games on Apple Arcade as they come out and stuff, so I'm kind of looking forward to writing about that. Occasionally, I also write games for about games for PC World, chiefly about MMORPGs, but I uh, kind of do that on a I-want-to basis, so it's not a frequent thing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's me, and you can also find me on Twitter at Leif Johnson. That's L-E-I-F J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Alright, Chris? Hey, baby. New season of Elm Street Nightmare. Talking about Chucky. By the time you're listening to this Child's Play 2, that episode should probably be, uh, be up. Uh, and you can check the free feed. Hopefully we'll have an episode, an older episode of uh, the Friday 13th, Part 2. Uh, Jason's Revenge? No, it's just Part 2. Uh, 302010 this week is uh, crazy. I, 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 I don't know how to promote this to the Vigigame audience, but like... I rewatched American Beauty, and I'm dying to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really am. Uh, you, you forgot to, to give credit. Like any great horror series, you have a return for this season of Elm Street Nightmare. Lizzie's back. Yes. Uh, yes. She brought with her a new name. Lizzie Killian is with us. Killian is right there. It's like a horror-sounding mm-hmm. name. Killian. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jack. Lizzie's back. Uh, Lizzie Killian. <laughs> Killin. 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 Yeah. Killian. Just mispronounce the shit out of that. Yeah, Lizzie's back. She has a horrifying story of how she discovered the Child's Play series and why it's uh, like it was one of the characters she was most afraid of. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't got I've never watched them all all the way through. And I, some of the, I, I have not seen many of the Child's Play movies. Actually, they're fucking great. Uh, they're really good. And October is coming up and you want to have some spooktacular thrills. And I'm not afraid of a two foot doll. Never have been. So it's to me, it's the perfect horror character. Doesn't give me bad dreams. I get all the horror formula I want. Uh, and uh, yeah, she, Lizzie's also uh, joined us for bonus time to talk about why we still want to talk about horror in 2019. And I thought it was funny. Um, Lizzie's never left California and is experiencing things like bugs and weather. And I'm <laughs> so sorry. To no yeah. end. I never want to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she finally has, and like I'm so glad someone is in my boat. It makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. And patreon.com slash laser time is how you can get both of those at the five dollar level. Again, price of like uh like I don't know, what's your favorite fast food joint? Swap two for five bucks. Costs less than the impossible whopper by itself. It's true. <laughs> that thing's expensive. Hmm. 
Uh, Impossible Whopper can get you all this stuff and help support all your favorite people on your yeah. favorite podcast. Impossible Whopper um, with cheese is like two months of Patreon right there. It's just yeah, okay. It's I, I bought one and they charged me for two slices of cheese. I almost no, that's threw the thing. it at that's the screen. The, they only do the two slices on the Impossible Whopper with cheese. Like, it's a weird thing. Hmm. Don't know why. What? Every, I don't know. I'm going to have to write to Mr. King. Oh, and, and this week's Laser Time is um, all about Behind the Voice. We... I wanted to find as many clips as I could of people describing how they, uh, what they were inspired by to bring your favorite cartoon characters to life. And uh, to be honest, I could listen to Mike Judge do that all day. Oh, yeah. Shit. That's awesome. You don't look like the paper boy to me. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me, still makes me laugh. Watch that video on Letterman. It's great. Cool. Um, I won't announce what it is, but I will tease. I will be on an upcoming Laser Time with a returning former host, and that's all I have to say. Yes, it's true. Oh, and, and we and we might have a, no, a new show very very soon that focuses just on arcade games. Uh, how about that? Um, yeah, you might have to have a crossover with said host. Yeah. Semi regular show about arcade games. If you really really dig the old school stuff, uh, these these folks are going to kind of blow your mind because they know more than I did with a billion years of research. Uh, so if yeah. you really miss going to arcades and looking at girls' legs, arcade games. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you really miss playing your game, if you really miss having games with built-in beer holders <laughs> and, <laughs> right. yeah. and cigarette burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you've heard me make a couple of wrestling references on the show. If you want to hear me make a lot more wrestling references, <laughs> uh, check me out on Cheap Podcast, the Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. I mentioned NXT is now on USA. I believe next week or coming very soon is the debut of AEW on TNT. So uh, TL and I will, or Turbo Bison, forum user Turbo Bison and I will be uh, talking about that in an upcoming show. Uh, we have some other things planned, so stay tuned. Um, a lot of the shows there are only available at the $5 or more level on patreon.com slash laser time. Although we, we throw you guys a bone, we throw some stuff in the free feed. So uh, check us out there. Check us out on Twitter at Cheap Podcast. Check me out at Maddie C. Allen. All right. Well, I just want to tease that uh, we are at the end of September, which means we embark on a terrifying journey through four horror-themed episodes. And what what is this voice I'm doing? It should be more like four horror-themed episodes in October that are, oh. are all, all themed right. around the horror topics. Yes, this is this is my Vincent Price voice. <laughs> I wanted Vincent Price's run. Yes, none of you are prepared for the horrors that will befall you. Listen to Veggie Game of Oh, look at this drawing. Isn't it sweet? <laughs> that, that was it! <laughs> I'm a man and you're all freaks. <laughs> Thank you for turning into my Disney Channel show where I talk about stories and pictures made by children. That was Be terrible sure to buy my fucking applehead kitchen. <laughs> Yes, yes, master. So is that Dwight Fry or Peter Lorre? What are we doing? <laughs> that was Peter Lorre. Right. And then I went 20,000 leagues under the sea, master. Mm. Well, as... He never says that. <laughs> <laughs> never. Now, clearly the right tactic is to go James Mason here, Chris. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, maybe for you, but not for me. <laughs> there we go. That is my my own vices, my friend. Ah, all right. Well, as always, you can visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wiki Parez. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Slam in the Michigan Dragula. Okay, is it weird that I think of that every time Trump says he they're on a witch hunt for him? <laughs> Burn to the ditches and slam. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our secret sound. <laughs>